Every little thing he does is magic. All his little twists and all his turns. Add in the right wing, he's fantastic. Don't you know his name is Dara Excellent. Smithies, are they booing me? Nah, no, they're saying boo urns. Boo urns. Are you saying boo or boo urns? I was saying boo urns. You ask me if I ever kissed another sweet as you. If I said I kissed another, you would look for someone new. So ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. Ask me no questions and there'll be no goodbyes. You asked me if I ever loved another nice as you. If I said I loved another, you and I would soon be through. So ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. Ask me no questions and there'll be no goodbyes. No goodbyes. No goodbyes. Welcome to Tales of the Eastside, episode 267, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prof, it's Carl Riley. It's Broadway, baby. Happy New Year, Prof. It's not Happy New Season yet, but it's Happy New Year. How was your New Year's? All good so far, Prof, all good. No resolutions, because they are stupid. I've no interest in them. Yeah, no one keeps them, beyond like the first week. Yeah. Uh, I liked your little memory of New Year's, Gary. You put it in the chat. Yeah. You put a call out for Heads and Bodies on Captain's Road. 11.30 No one answered the call though Oh that was the uh, That was the tradition wasn't it That's literally what we did In the year 2000 You and I played Heads and Bodies On my road Fearing that Y2K Was going to get us <laughs> So we said we'd go down Playing ball <laughs> It was our first podcast Of the year anyway So we've a roundup Of all the news And it's our Tifties Hotline Theatre special The theatre Problem Yes, indeed, Gary. We've got some theatre-themed questions in our Tiffy's Hotline. Uh, a shitload of questions, as it was described by one caller. I sent out the texts nearly all at the same time. It was like a mass text to the, the ten people. And within ten seconds, two messages popped up on my phone, and they both just said, Jesus. <laughs> I one, loved it. The other one was, Jesus Christ. But a lot of people will be looking at that thinking, okay, these are all relevant questions that I'm going to answer as a Rovers fan and have fun answering it, which is the case, which is what happened anyway. So we've reaction to episode 265 and it's Green Blood. He said, AFCON was fascinating. Nico and I have a lot in common. We must discuss mid 80s Bushy Park Rangers. Could have been a contender. Strawberry and orange roses, get your five a day in. Um, should probably bar him from the Civic. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, yeah I, I possibly agree with that but uh, Nico was uh, the winner of that award uh, of Talib Person of the Year that was actually at the Civic so it was a glittering ceremony oh, very good at the that. Civic Theatre in Talib and what a segue this is Gary because our live show uh, have, we, have we mentioned this? We mentioned we're so, doing a live yeah. show uh, in the theatre on Saturday January 13th 
uh, Civic Theatre and Tata, 8pm, get your tickets, 25 euro. Um, yeah, like like we've been saying, um, this is a one-time deal. If so, if you're like, ah, sure, I'll, I'll listen to the recording, the lads will put it out in a couple of months. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. No, no, no. We're not recording this. So, be there or miss So, out. as it stands, we're, we're actually humbled and flattered by mm. the amount of tickets that have been sold. Did we say the number? No. No, can't. That's that's pillow talk, prof. Pillow talk. But um, just shocked more than anything, and I think it's gonna open doors for other other things as well because this is the first ever kind of football podcast they've ever had. They were saying, and they wanted oh, yeah. to branch out. So listen, it's we're, we're we're really really happy with the response, but there's only a few tickets left, so get them and come and see this once a year show. I'd say this they day, actually prof. sent me this in the post today, celebrating 25 years at the Civic. Um, I guess it's ended because I've been to a couple of shows. Oh yeah, aside yeah. from this, and there we are on page three or four or something. There, thousand. Yeah, we're in the program. Keep an eye out for our our ad on the big screen in the square as well, mm-hmm. and we've got an article coming out in the Tele Echo as it stands the eleventh. The eleventh. So, the eleventh. So, so Thursday. Thursday. Yes, this is coming out on Wednesday. So tomorrow, as you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, I've. How many times have I said it, Garrett? I've said it over and over. This is not just podcast interviews. It's going to be theatre. There's going to be surprises. <laughs> Genuinely. We're going, to, we're going to put on a show, right? Um, it'll be a relaxed chat with two Robert's legends. you got John Cody, who's a great character. Aaron Green, another brilliant character. If you remember his interview with us uh, a couple of years ago. So they'll be on the couch together at the same time. Sort of Graham Norton style. And you have members of the Tifties universe. Harry Morgan. Harry Moore will be involved. Bring your Sharpies. Get have your you, autographs. And you've been listening to Harry Moore all the season. Would you like to see Harry Moore in the flesh? I think you would. Because he's a popular young fella. So, yeah, like we say, some prize. Put a lot of talent. We've put like a month's planning into this now. Uh, it's been like an ambition of ours for ages to do something on stage. Um, like you said great response we're feeling the love like it's the, literally lights camera action like yeah there's when we went in to record the promo it was a bit intimidating because we're looking actually was and yeah. there's like 300 seats there's a camera crew I felt like I was being judged already and there was no yeah. one even in the seats yeah and I was looking up and I was like the lights are going to be hot when this <laughs> one's on on Saturday yeah no but we're feeling the love with the, the number of tickets bought already like the Wacky Express just snapped up 10 yeah so 10 of the gang gone um and like I said, it is theater. In fact, we were when we were recording the the promo, there was it was literally a panto rehearsal on as we went in. So People they were running they, around dressed as Cinderella <laughs> and all. They were in like full makeup and costume, and you're like, oh, I'm actually, am I in the business now? It, I'm in the bit. There's actually a green room, and do we get to behave like rock stars for the day? Like, do we have a rider? Yeah, and say like right, blue M and M's, blue M and M's, yeah, uh, bottles of vodka. Yeah, the promo was great crack. Now I must say. Um, we we've got some we we wanted stick for the high five. That's what we were looking for. That's the funniest thing yeah. we've ever we've ever done is the high five because we said let's let, let's make ourselves look like nerds. <laughs> let's do the award. The first high five yeah. was terrible, but that yeah. one was there was a lot of effort put into it. Not our, not our first take, but um, you, you just thought that on the spot. We were walking through backstage, and you were like, "Oh, let's do it like a cheesy high five <laughs> Oh man, it's so yeah. funny. You're great, crack doing it. It was brilliant. Yes. Big shout out to Philly as well. Philly McGuire, yeah. our 
uh, head spoofer slash creative director. Um, Philly has a lot planned for you on Saturday. He's, he's brilliant. He's going from strength to strength. Philly mastered the whole Player of the Year awards for us as well. And it's a, it's a get your ticket Civic Theatre. Yeah. Google the Civic Theatre. If theater. you're at that Tifties award show, you'll notice that the visuals were a big part of it, and that was Philly all behind that. So he he's the man pulling the strings again. So uh, expect good things there, yes. Gar. So yeah, Civic Theatre, January thirteenth. Bit of culture. Bit of culture, Prof. Um, the last show, 80 special recorded at the Fort Prov, so plenty of green ribbon and loads of memories and good crack. And this was a nice affair, wasn't it? It was nice. Um, Gareth fell off the stage. Yeah. You'll hear about that, that soon. That white horse is strong. <laughs> it is, <boy>, yeah. <laughs> literally kicked me off the stage. And the lads just carried on talking. They literally just, uh, they looked <laughs> over and they were like, yeah. And then they just kept going. <laughs> Not one of them said, yeah, all right. I was the only one concerned. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget you like it was like in slow motion you <laughs> desperately clawing the air yeah <laughs> clawing at nothing yeah. I still haven't got the footage actually I have to, I have to get the footage yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah a nice intimate affair and a nice uh, few points after it and a bit of crack with some good rovers it was, it was a great day like I just I just love listening to the two lads even if no matter what decade it would have been I just I just love their stories and how they recall things um, Jim we're we were a lively crew, Conroy. You, <laughs> that's gonna that's that's his quote forever now. <laughs> we were a lively crew. <laughs> yeah, um, like you said, they kept talking as you fell, and then because they were talking about the, the second part, and then Jim was confused, and then at the end of the show, I actually decided to cut it out, where we kind of said goodbye again, and I said there's a part two, and then Jim's like, it's not part two, is there? And did you see her, Jason? Breaking his bollocks like Alice misses gone. <laughs> Dirty weekend so, in Galway. So yeah, that was kind of a little nugget for people. After the music, I put that at the very end. Just Jim being baffled at the idea of a part two. And I mean like part two, nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety. I mean leaving Milltown, cram. That's that's a lot. It is. It is. It's it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a heartfelt affair, I'd say. And couldn't have picked two better guys because they both contributed to the Glimmelore Gazette. They both wrote in that. Also, for this one, I would like more people to come who were involved in the whole situation. Particularly, I think what sticks out to me is James Cook. The emotional outpouring in Johnny Blues that time. And I think yeah, him and Dunster had a really heartfelt discussion, you could say. I said that was one of the highlights of any live show we've done. Yeah, the two of them going back and forth really emotionally. Like James, you could hear the emotion in his voice. So hopefully everybody else can turn up for part two. Yeah, we actually did do a special years ago with Jason Maloney and Jim's brother Mick on the Glenmore Gazette. Mick was actually the cartoonist, so we uh, we might be covering all ground a little bit, but we're gonna cover the whole story. Uh, we might switch back to our documentary style for this one because when, when you say this is gonna be educational, yeah, when you when you say you're going back on things the st- two stories are never the same it's always told mm. differently there's always a little anecdote added in as well yeah so. and eagle-eyed fans Gare or uh, what's what's the listening equivalent of being eagle-eyed uh, dog-eared <laughs> I don't know who has good uh, ears fans with the eyes of a hawk and the ears of a fox let's say <laughs> Quote Lord of the Rings uh, our opening song was a song that topped the charts in 1983 and our closing song is a great show. Was a nineteen eighty seven hit. So I wonder if anyone copped that. Did, I didn't anyway. Um, 
Yeah, so we had... Yeah, we had a bit of a modest crowd. It would be, be much bigger on Saturday. But uh, it was a ni- nice few... Quite a few loyal fans turned out and enjoyed the show. And of course, yeah. don't forget the after party is in Malloy's for points yep. afterwards. So you were all very welcome. We have a little area cordoned off. So it could be 10 or half 10 maybe by the time we're finished getting bouquets thrown at us, rot- uh, prof. Mm-hmm. Um, or rotten fruit. Or rotten fruit. <laughs> Shame. Depends how it goes. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, everybody in Malloy's afterwards. A little yeah. short five minute walk in for a couple of lovely points. And I don't, I think I did say it on the show, but that was actually Jim Conroy's in studio debut. Now, a lot, everyone's familiar with Jim Conroy now because he sent us in so much stuff, the hotline, the in memoriams, and all. But that is the first time he's been interviewed face to face in seven years of tips. And the reason is he was too shy before. Mm. It was only the last couple of years he was, he became open to the idea. Shy is um, not the word I would have used with that man. No, no. Thank God, mean. thank God, he embraced it. But um, he was in a setting that made him feel comfortable. I think you know. Yeah. So I think I think that probably helped. Uh, Marie was gas at the weekend. And Drada <laughs> was it was a Drada. So I don't know. Uh, doesn't matter where it was. Uh, Maloney is now an influencer, girl. Um, just promising him a few free points, and he'll claim that your pub pours the best Guinness in town. Oh, so he's one of them now. Yeah. Yeah. I seen that. Yeah. He mull- now Mulligans. He wasn't telling lies about Mulligans. So yeah. I think he was just telling the truth there, but. A few other memories of the day. Um, I walked into the Four Probs before the show, and literally the first thing they said to me, Jason and Jim, was, Where's Shannon? And they were like, The only reason I'm here is to meet Shannon. <laughs> they, they were both like this. Uh, I think they were only going to make sure she was real. <laughs> yeah. I love how their minds work because they did meet her afterwards. So we finished the show and we were having a point downstairs in the Probs, and she said that she lives in Offaly. And immediately they both just start reminiscing about how we played Tullamore Town in the 1987 FEI Cup. Anything. That's just it? how their mind works. Um, we don't. I didn't plan on doing a bus segment on this week's podcast, Gary, but uh, I just thought of this now. Jim got the 74. We mentioned that on the show. Yep. The new 74 that goes to Eden Key. Stops across the road from the Far Promises. We actually got that last week. And I just feel, I feel like I have to mention this. We got on the bus. And what was thought, your route? Talk to me. Give me more details here. Well, it goes through Crumlin. Right. And then it goes like the Coombe and then towards Patrick Street, I think it goes. So that's like, that's where we wanted to go. So it's like, that's perfect. We right. can just get this. Could have got the 54A, but we'll just get this. It's closer. First of all, he went 10 miles an hour the entire time. And then. I think they're restricted. And then somebody got on the bus. And I said, is that Andy, the rower's photographer? And it was Andy. And he just kept talking to the driver and over again. And then it became more and more clear. Andy was directing this bus driver where to go. Because he had absolutely no idea of this new route. And he was weaving in and out. Oh my God. Crumlin can be a bit of a maze at times. And he was driving very slowly. And I, I was just like, I am considering bailing on this <laughs> bus. I was just, I, I need to get out of here. I'll drive this bus. Gary, if it wasn't for Andy telling this driver where to go, I would is be that st- bad? I would be still there now. There is a lot of new drivers. Lost in there. the Banger Road Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Banger Road Bermuda Triangle. Yep. So prof on to what happened after the four provs. It was Barry McCarthy, Baza, and Stephen Jones, Jonesy. The same night as um they had their debut yeah. together. So the world as I know it. Uh debut Jonesy and, and, and Barry McCarthy. So prof here we go. Talk to me. 
Give me the rundown. Do you know what? It feels so long ago now, but I'm trying to remember what stood out about the show. Well, what stood out, first of all, is I was watching Northern Lights at the time, but it was only a couple of episodes in. And you know the way his character is has the karaoke club and all yeah. that. So I actually heard more singing of him in this show than I had Northern Lights at this point, And I was blown away by how well he could sing. And the whole format was just really enjoyable. Really, just felt like really natural. It would just be Stephen reading a story. It could be something he wrote when he was younger. It could be something he wrote. He said, like, oh, I went to Iceland last year and I wrote this. He said, I wrote a eulogy for my, I think it was his grandmother. And he read that. And as usual with Stephen, you know, it's, it's poignant. It can be funny. He's he's a brilliant writer, so it would be he. You'd read something, and then Barry would play a song on the guitar, or they would sing together. It was it was the whole format was fascinating. It was just a really enjoyable show. Um, I think I think it was an original format that they kind of came up with themselves. Yeah. I think that's what the cool thing was. So it was mm. it was original. And by the way, I only copped this at the end of the show because, like I said, I was I'd seen a couple of episodes. And then I saw this show, and then I finished Northern Lights there last week. The guy Baz in Northern Lights, that must be based on Baz McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Because he plays the guitar in the show, but he's made him a sort of little nerd in the, in the <laughs> it's show. Like, it's like a piss take, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. like, look, look what it made you look like. the cap and all, like, yeah. Um, no, they were both brilliant. I just thought it was a fantastic show. Another um, one coming up as well, Prof. Really? Oh, yeah, they've got something else planned, so check it out on the Civic website. You know me, Gary, I'm a bit of a theatre connoisseur at this stage, so I will, I will be going to that. So you finished Northern Lights, Prof. What was your overall thoughts on it? I did. We were just having a chat off air there about it. Hit me in the feels. And it, it actually ruined my Saturday. It was mm. so emotional. I was just in a heap afterwards. I, I just couldn't get... I could, Obviously, I, I, like it was the emotion that you showed in that scene... Where he was sitting on the wall in the playground, and she chased after him about the, you know, the, the tragic circumstances. He he was distraught, like he was genuinely heartbroken. I couldn't. I just it was brilliant acting. It really, really was. He well, his, how, his eyes. He was he was. How really did he channel that? Well, Grief. Can't even call it method acting. He doesn't have kids, but I believe that he had children and he had suffered tragedy. Like where did he channel it? You know, it's brilliant. Suppose that's what separates us mere mortals <laughs> from the Jonesies of this world. The writing, other again, again, I'm gushing about our pal Jonesy at this stage, but the writing was brilliant. Um, it was six episodes. Um, it was almost jarring at times. The the flashbacks, you, you'd have to kind of, I suppose it obvious, but the hairstyles, you'd be saying, I'm like, okay, here's, yeah. here she is, uh, before, and here she is after. But no, I really like the format of that as well, and uh, just well acted, well written. Uh, yeah, very good show. And once again, some arse. Some arse care. <laughs> yeah. So, Prof, we have match in a minute. Doc, so Ali McKenzie. Strucking up a good friendship with our Ali. So we're going to be getting him on in the next couple of weeks. And this kind of just spawned from the Loud Derby. I actually just sent him a message. I said, listen, that was brilliant. Well done. Like, it was a really good documentary. Talking about the Loud Derby. And he says, do you reckon we could get something done with Rovers? Absolutely, so this needs to be documented. The four in a row run in needs to be documented for everyone to see. 
and to have to look back on because it's a historic moment in in the timeline of Shamrock Rovers. So Ali worked his magic, worked his magic, and and came down, travelled down, spent hours and hours and hours working on this. So I I just I just thought it was really, really it well shows. made. It shows it was absolutely class, um, just really high like production values. Um, everyone who was interviewed was really good. I thought Eaton stood out actually. Eaton's yeah. a dark horse. Yeah, isn't he? Eaton was great. Um, no, everyone spoke really well, didn't it? And the footage was class, like Richmond Park, the march, the goals, the little montage of yeah. the eighties slash. That was the highlight for me. That the was back the and forth. Uh, there's, a, there's a Roberts fan in work who uh, he doesn't go anymore. But he saw the documentary and he's been raving about it all week. Just keeps oh, coming up to stuff. me. Just keep coming up to me and telling me how much he loves it. <laughs> um, my takeaway from it is that Gary was involved in a documentary that was released before me. So <laughs> that's that is so embarrassing. I did have that in the back of my Although, head. Then. I, in fairness, I only had a three-year head start, so that's an unfair advantage. But in fairness, probably you only got about a hundred and fifty hours worth of <laughs> material to go through, like. Um, yeah so yeah brilliant stuff with Ali and uh, keep an eye out from he has got plans for more stuff coming out as well so very very talented teammaker him and Michael and Ali so good stuff but Prof the South Stand Collective gift drive raised €2,240 for the Fairhouse family hub so fair play to everyone involved and the origins of this idea came from Ricky Keegan the boff and his mum is involved with the Fairhouse Family Hub, so they help families who are looking for accommodation in and around Tallet. So um, we just said we'll try and give them a hand, <coughs> and it worked out really well. So thanks to everybody who donated, and um, I think we made Christmas a little bit brighter for some families in Tallet, and that's what we continue to hope to do. So keep an eye out for any Absolutely. more Southstand Collective initiatives, Prof. Okay, so with some uh, sad news now, we have um, a fellow hoop has passed away. It's Nathan Brady, so um, rest in peace to Nathan and condolences to all his family. There's a fundraiser online as well, so you can check out those details on GoFundMe. Nathan Brady, so once again, our condolences to the family. Um, Ex-Rovers player Noel Payton has passed away as well, Prof. Um, I think I was looking up his profile. You got a, he play in England? He he moved to Leeds. Um, I think he moved to England later in his career, and he ended up settling there. Um, this one actually was a bit spooky because I was only I mentioned talking to Jason and Jim in the four probs after we recorded the eighty show, and I was telling them how I interviewed Tommy Hamilton in the program two years ago, and I was asking Tommy about how many players are left who had played against Man United, the Busby Babes, in nineteen fifty seven. And it was Tommy Hamilton, Sheeta Darcy, the goalkeeper, Ronnie Nolan, and Noel Payton. So Ronnie only died last June. Uh, Darcy joined, or he passed away before that. I mean, Noel died literally like a few days after this conversation. That was, um, I was I was taken aback by that. Um, so Tommy is the only survivor now mm. from nineteen fifty seven. So, condolences to the family of a prof. The Tiffy's hotline are as follows. And, yeah, there's a good few of them, prof. A lot of questions here. There were a lot of questions. So, we're going to run through them real quickly and throw a couple of answers your Some, way as someday well. Someday I'll learn, Gar, and I'll reduce them. But <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think it's all I relevant. I went mad again. 
So do you have any New Year's resolutions? No, it's not for me, Prof. We don't do this, do we? Uh, is there something that you still do that your friends and family consider old and old-fashioned or that slag you about? My kids uh, slag CDs all the time. I still mm-hmm. buy CDs, music. Um, they they just slag me in general, really. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a litany of offences here. But I'd say I could, if I ask somebody, um, I'm sure a list could be put together. Most recent thing I can think of is my Skechers. I was slag for that. Um, I suppose, I don't know, some of the things I do are still on fashion. There's a lot to be said for comfort, Pop. Um, yeah, there's probably loads of things in there. But uh, uh, Have you ever had a chat with Pico Lopez and what was the last thing you talked about? Ah, we're always chatting with Pico. It's a great fella. We've had regular chats with him naturally from with the podcast and all. Um, what was the last thing? What was the last thing you spoke to him, Bill? Um, I think the last thing I was talking to him and Greener actually and they were they were actually slagging me they were Pico wasn't happy because he wasn't the main guest at the live show and, how could he be and then he said which live show this one coming up he's away I know but he was giving out so he was giving out about that and they were taking the piss mm. and then I think the last thing they said I think I was winding them up saying right lads who's who's tipping the scales coming back from the who's who's eating all the Christmas turkeys? I think the two of them said in tandem they were they said if you're not lifting you're losing. So two of them were getting stuck in the preseason. So excellent stuff from the two lads. They're they're really getting stuck in. But Pico's a gent as usual. He's an absolute gentleman. Um, last thing I spoke to him I think was the quiz. Uh, it hadn't aired yet when Gary O'Neill beat Jack Byrne in the final, but Pico knew about it. So I was saying, oh no, keep that under wraps now. We haven't we haven't aired that. But he said he was surprised that Gary took him. He was taught Jack would win. Yeah, yeah. Predict how far Cape Verde will get at the African Cup of Nations this month and who will win the tournament. I'm going to go Pico for his first Cape Verde goal and Cape Verde to get out of groups. And I'm going to say, oh God, who's going to win it? I'll say Egypt. Salah to, to bring it home for them. Egypt. Um, I think they will get the group because last... Uh, Algeria are going to Two years ago, they only needed to come third. They only needed... Uh, four points and they got out of the group so you can see them beating Mozambique and then maybe getting the point off Ghana yeah. and getting out of the group and then it depends who they play Prof's got the world soccer yeah. here I've gone old school here's just talk about old fashioned I have a if any kids are listening I have what's called a, a magazine so it's they're thinking you've picked up arms now and you're loading a gun <laughs> it's something you read that's still it's produced on paper not uh, on your phone yeah, you can't scroll um, through it. You actually have to read the full thing. Yeah, exactly. So and it actually gives you information. They're yeah. crazy things. These are. They've done a little preview. My favorite part is the the Mozambique captain. Uh, this is the paragraph here. They will bring the oldest player to the finals, in forty year old skipper Dominguez, still dazzling with his wing play. Uh, their captain is a forty year old winger, who's fast. Usually they resort back into the <laughs> centre half or into the to centre mid like Perez. Remember that? And Beckham went into the middle of the park. You know what I found interesting? Uh, the last time each country won uh, the AFCON. So like Ivory Coast wasn't that long ago, 2015. Uh, Nigeria, 2013. Egypt, 2010. Some of them are very surprising. Ghana, 1982. That's haven't the won it since then. Yeah. Cam- Cameroon, 2017. Uh, Senegal are the, the most hold, recent the holders, holders yeah. Algeria 2019 um, I think it's Morocco I'm just going to find them now 
South Africa in 1996 that came up in the interview yeah um, Tunisia 2004 Morocco one win 1976 oh wow so they're my tip to win it so Morocco yeah. you're looking at what players have we got here Prof am I getting it right with saying yeah Aguero off of West Ham you've got Atraf Hakimi of ZH that's a sneaky one Prof that's the little each way bet there for you yeah, there you so go. So, Prof's predictions. Wow. Um, what member of the 1984 team do you want to have a point with? I think we've hit the starting 11 at this stage. So, we've had points with pretty much every one of them, and it's been a pleasure every time. So, um, am I, I would like Dermot Keeley now. Dermot Keeley, probably, like probably the one we haven't. I'd like to pick his brain. Um, Byrne was always on my sort of list, so I'm glad we we uh, talked to him at the 200 episode in Ring's End. Um, that was brilliant. Um, is that cheap plug if I say John Cody? Uh, I was a good character. Harry mm-hmm. Harry Kenny is gas and yeah, never fails to fa- never fails to make me laugh. I'd say the Kenny family reunions are funny as well because they're all yeah. very funny people. Um, what do you think of or what were the standout moments for the four in a row? Oh, it's so hard to pick. I think um, I think beating Derry up there when Richie Tell scored that brilliant goal this year was brilliant mm-hmm. just like a real you know punch in mm-hmm. the nose a real bloody nose for Derry it's like we went up mm-hmm. took the piss in your backyard and scoring great goals up there and in the same game the Paul's penalty save yeah Paul's yeah. penalty save as well so it was a real shift it was a shifting moment in in, in that um, it, it's hard it's hard to pick all the balls humiliations mm-hmm. were brilliant Um, it's class I think nearly every single person picked Robbie Ga- or the Rory Gaffney winner against Shell 3-2 and a lot of people also picked Jack Burns winner against Undock right before everything shut down from COVID 2020 I think they are the top two um, there's all like some honourable mentions uh, Greener's tap-in winner to start of 2020 for me, was was brilliant. <laughs> Just the, the weather was extraordinary. I've I've never seen Ryan the Grew come out of Danny Mount. I've never seen a human. Drown the rat. I've never seen a human being as wet as that. My feet turned green because <laughs> I had a new pair of runners on. Green. I've got a pair pair of Adidas blackboards. And there was a roof. And my feet were green. And I was for like a, for a week. I was like, why didn't you just move in under the roof? <laughs> green feet for a week. Um. So, what do you think of Rovers transfer business? Very happy. Very, very happy at the moment. Yeah. It's a solid squad, Prof. Um, when we send out the questions, Poom, I think, was just a, just about to be confirmed. So, you hear some people talking, they didn't know about Poom, and others are like, oh, that's that's confirmed today. Um, we're thinking, we're hopeful of Trevor Clark during the week. Maybe by the time you listen to this, it'll already be announced. Um, and then you've got your your Shamrock Rumours, Aaron McAniff. Um So if if all those are confirmed, um, Johnny Kenny as well, if all those are confirmed, yes, I'm happy. Um, just concerned about the wing-backs in that when they start and they're fit, we're unstoppable. When they're injured, we're weakened quite badly. And we can have as many talented players in the cloud as we want, but if both of those wing-backs are injured, it just seems to fall apart a bit. Yeah, true, true. Uh, which game jumped out immediately when you saw the fixtures were released? Oh, it's at the last three games. The two 
trips to Loud and then the home game in Waterford. So the last two games, that's the penultimate and the third last game are two trips to Loud, which is tough. And then I, I already oh, yeah. spoke about this before, is that the consecutive away games, six in a row, or six different instances of away games, away games mm. together, which I still feel is, a, yeah. is different. Yeah, no, I get why people look straight at the at the last game or the run-in you were talking about. Yeah, obviously, I look at the first game, the first away game. Uh, but because Galway had been promoted for the first time in six years, Galway was the first thing in my mind. So I looked at the two away matches and... As people have pointed out, they're both on bank holiday weekends, March and June. Um, everyone's talking about the March one. I'm actually having me eye on the June one. Mm. No, I'm going. But I'm talking about making the weekend out of it. I'm thinking... Oh, the second those fixtures came thinking out. Thinking June, yeah. Galway booked straight away and then the price yeah. doubled, Prof. Yeah. From the hotel. I was only in Galway last weekend, ironically. Disgraceful. But yeah. Um, yep, yeah, thinking June for a bit of a trip there now. Um... Sligo, always good one. John Cody picks Sligo as his favourite away day. I know, definitely is. Yeah, Sligo's always good. Anywhere that hates us, really, isn't it? Which is pretty much everybody. Um, which stand the tell is your 2024 season takes South Stand, Prof? What hap- why? Because South Stand is the place to be, pretty much. Your main stand, Prof. Main well, stand, reserved seat as well. I'm very fancy. Yeah, got me reserved seat. Not, not the executive seats now. I don't have the cushion and the cup holder. Uh, it's just a normal chair at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully they've installed better seats. North Stand. Yeah. We'd have to take it in North Stand together as well next season. See how we get on. Uh, what can Rovers do as a club to help get more fans into the North Stand and be more involved in the community? Some great responses for this. Um, there's a lot done and a lot more to do, Prof. That's where I stand on that. Well, the whole family uh, ticket angle, I think, was a great way to go. The sort of incentive where you know it's a bit cheaper. Free um, season ticket as well. Like you yeah. buy an adult one, you get a free season ticket. That, that, that was the that was the right way to do it. Um, I suppose the novelty of it, the new stand. Um, if you don't get a, if you're not on the south stand, which is the most popular spot, the only other way to be behind the goal is the north stand. It looks uh, um, brilliant from it's the close up. I've seen it's, a couple. It's of higher. Yeah, it's class. you're also going to be getting hit with the wind. Yeah, um, that's the drawback. Um, but yeah, how do you get more fans? into the the ground like how do we get that 10,000 cello you've said it a million times that somehow despite how massive the community is in Tata somehow there are still a lot of people in Tata who don't know anything about Shamrock Rovers so it's those people I think success ultimately puts bums on seats as well Mm. prof Um, are you looking forward to returning to 1899 what type of events would you like to see of course prof we're looking forward to it Pre pre games in the eighteen ninety nine is brilliant. Yeah. So sitting bad, in, yeah. sing song, having the crack with the lads, and then a point afterwards, relishing having that back. It was badly missed this year, uh, like our historic four in a row year, and we didn't have our own bar all season. Um, like the Maldron, I I didn't enjoy the Maldron at all, uh, to be honest. So I'm looking forward to getting the back in the bar. More importantly, Ray's curry that gets gets quite a few mentions this hotline. Ray's curry, it's still not confirmed. If it's coming back or not. My goodness. Now, we're announcing all these contract extensions, Gare. Announce Ray's curry. Just make him an employee. I want yeah. I want this on Twitter. So, that is that one. Uh, are you going to the Tiffy's live show? Of course we are. Have you been to any plays, musicals, stand-up comedy in the last couple of years? And what's the best show you've ever seen? Book of Mormon. Hands down. Book of Mormon is mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, of course, Fallen. 
on my summer with Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I can't really think. I haven't been to any stand-up comedy. Cause I used to go to the Laugh the Lounge quite a lot, but that kind of stopped. Um, I've probably been to more plays in the last six months than I have in my <laughs> yeah, yeah. lifetime. Um, Turned it up a notch, probably. A lot of different ones, like indie, like one-man performances. I've seen something called Fun Home, which was a bigger cast. Um, Fun Home, probably... Probably the best play I've seen uh, in Ireland in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, the best anywhere, best musicals I've seen. Um, you know you know, I'm going to pick Book of Mormon. I've seen it three times, twice in London, once in Dublin. But do you know what? Maybe level or close second. I saw Hamilton in London. You were raving about this before. Last, uh, last summer. It was, uh, it was just... Stunning, I I was sitting in shock at how good it was. Um, <laughs> I must check that one. Out. It's coming to Dublin this year, so yeah, that's that's a recommendation. Someone does mention Hamilton actually. Um, uh, have you ever been on stage yourself? Whether it's karaoke as an adult, school play as a child, um, do you dislike or like the idea of performing in front of a crowd? I think we're all right with crowds now at this stage. Um, not really. It's on stage at the play the year awards and stuff. And, other than that, no, not really. Um, in front of a green screen a few times, but that's just in front of film crews and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But other than that, no, not really. But you've sort of done this now a couple of times with the, the award shows. Um, so basically all you have to do what you and and Jonesy did, the Player of the Year Awards. So it's us two sitting together asking the questions. Um, so I haven't done this before, like in front of a crowd this big. But... We've done the live shows in front of smaller people, and I don't actually get nervous at all because I just see it as a podcast. Of, yeah, and you see the yeah. people who are there. I think that's more mm. to do with yeah. it's more got to do with it, hasn't it? The people who are there, they're not totally mm. negative strangers that might judge you. It's robust yeah. people who know what they're there for. Yeah. Like I keep saying, this is not just a podcast, <laughs> this is a theater. And I felt the same as you when I saw the, the 300 seats, it was, it was daunting for a sec, but I had to. I collect myself and I was like okay 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 I'll, I'll use the excitement and the nervous um, who do you do a good impression of no one my impressions are horrific that's why they're absolutely horrific shocking lack of impressions on this hotline by the way I was hoping for an, an impromptu one yeah but no, should we have no. demanded something they do it on the spot yeah no they didn't offer one up so yeah. uh, when and where do you usually listen to an episode of Tifties when it comes out I love these ones uh, what were your two favourite Tifties interviews and segments since August 2023 so please select two from the live show Origins of an Irish Ultra Ultra 80 show part one with Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy Tifties hotline in August the European Superstitions Movies and Overseas Fans edition interviews with Bobby Best Kieran Roddy the Dairy Fan Danny Murphy Marcus Poom and Nico Crowley Members Corner with Giggsy Hand Others, Barry Landy, John Dorney, Bartley Ramsey and Peter O'Toole, Ben Jackson and John O'Shea and Harry Moore's quizzes culminating in the final between Jack Bourne and Gary O'Neill and there was an exhibition match for the women too, hosted by Hannah Dunn. So, in memoriam, my dad, part three and our... Uh, yeah, so perf- that's a lot of content. Some really, really that's, good stuff. That's just since August. Yeah. And our first five callers, we have Bill Gleeson, John Cody, Colm Nolan, Dennis Donahue, and Donald Dunn. Prof, the borough is being represented here. Hotline. Hi, Carolyn Garage's hotline. This is Bill Gleeson. Um, 
New Year's resolutions. Uh, at the time of recording, we're just six days into the new year. I haven't made any resolutions. I haven't had a pint or a drink yet, but it's um, half four now on Saturday, so we'll see how far that goes. It might be a damp January instead of a dry January, but we'll uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, old-fashioned habits. Uh, I asked my youngest fella about me being old-fashioned, and he was quite polite. couldn't think of anything. But once my back was turned, it all kind of came out a bit. So apparently I have an old-fashioned phone, um, old-fashioned clothes. My clothes are old-fashioned, but apparently getting a bit better now since I got some uh, new trainers. And an old-fashioned taste in music too, so uh, he'll learn. So no, I don't think I'm old-fashioned. I think I'm very modern. I would like, though, to put on the record that uh, just today I fixed the broken washing machine motor. So uh, that's quite old-fashioned, but uh, I'm quite happy with it. Um, Pico, yeah, I've spoken to Pico a few times over the years. He's always been extremely helpful with the junior hoops things. Uh, he's a really lovely fella. I uh, always enjoy talking to him. Met him swimming uh, out here a couple of times. Uh, last time I spoke to him would have been around the end of the last season, probably at the Tifties doing the Maldron. And I think we we're pretty much just talking about the trip to Afcon, um, kind of where he's getting time off. And, when he was leaving and so on. So uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, as for an AFCON prediction, their group does look really sticky up against Egypt and Ghana. Um, and I'm not sure uh, the Cape Verde have been playing against kind of really quality opposition recently. They're playing against, I can't even remember the name of the place. Um, but uh, as your guest uh, on the pod said a few weeks ago, there's always a possibility of an upset in the group stages. So I'm going to back them to get an upset against Ghana and get out of the group. Um, overall, I'm going to go with Morocco, given how well they did in the World Cup. But uh, I think in each way, bet on the hosts as well, Ivory Coast. Uh, as for sharing a pint with someone from the 80s team, I think it'd have to be the one and only Peter Eccles, so uh, he was my hero um, when I was younger. I have a vague recollection of having a few pints with him once uh, during his time at home farm. Other than that, uh, Neville Steedman, I'd ask him for a loan of his leather trousers, the famous leather trousers, and he could bring me up and down Leeson Street, show me the ropes. Um, in terms of highlights of the four in a row, uh, like the out and out highlight was in 2022. It was Rory's winner coming from behind against Shells, coming from behind twice uh, against Shells and then winning it so late. Just the celebrations were just amazing. And, you know, everyone knew that day it was three in a row. Um, I don't think there's any major highlights as such from this year. I mean, obviously the Pats game uh, towards the end there was great. Uh, Greener and uh, Berkey. Um, but it kind of, it did, to me anyway, it felt really an extrable kind of once we've got going that uh, you know we're, we're going to grind that out um so another highlight would be going back to 2020 the epic 3-2 against Dundalk you know at the time we just beaten them you know uh, in the cup final although that was on penalties we beat them once or twice over the previous years we knew we were getting better than them um they were still a good side but that game was a stamp um so yeah, that's that's a great memory being at that, um, seeing those goals. Uh, myself and the late Anto stood down at the uh, the yellow gate at the the new North Stand um, for that match. So yeah, really enjoyed that one. Um, any other foreign role memories? Uh, do, 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 do. I think they're the top two. But the first game of the foreign row, the Bows away in the 
in the rain, the storm. Um, Greener got that win. I was in the shed with uh, John, Cody, and Siobhan. I think Prof was there as well. And Cody turned around uh, after that. After all the celebrations, it kind of died down. And he said, that's what makes champions. And he was right. He wasn't right four times, but he was right. So it was an early marker. And um, just, oh yeah, a special mention, of course, to uh, Josh Bradley living, lifting the trophy last year. That, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Just just absolutely beautiful. Um, in terms of the squad, yeah, yeah, relaxed, happy enough. Uh, Honahan and Burns, uh, they look promising. Honahan's going to be versatile. Don't know, Burns should give us a bit of excitement up front. We've just heard that Poom is back, which is great. Uh, there's talk of Johnny Kenny back, um, you know, hopefully he'll settle in and uh, get a few this year. But a certain um, Aussie-based midfielder's return would really be a cherry on top, especially get us kick on in Europe. But um, I'm certainly not kind of looking covetously at any other team in the league, going, I wish we had him, I wish we had him. Um, when the fixers came out, the Galway away uh, in March jumped out. Um, that's the one I was really looking forward to. Hotel was booked immediately. Can't wait to go down there. Um, but aside from that, just just starting at home is important. Um, uh, there's, I mean, we play so many fixtures so quickly. I was looking at it um, all the way to by the mid-season break. We played Pats four times, including the Presidents Cup. Um, so nothing really stands out, to be quite honest. I don't look for derbies or anything like that. Um, season tickets the main stand uh, I went reserve seating for the first time last year it's an absolute game changer so doing that again this year uh, looking forward to that um, some of my kids are in the main stand and the older kids are in the uh, the south stand but mine's in the main stand um, in terms of getting people in um, look you know we've been thinking and talking about this for years but it's it's obvious you know the, the one thing that really gets people in is a winning team that's what gets people into the main stand we can run events till the cows come home, meet and greets and so on. But what uh, keep, keeps people coming back is really a mixture of uh, football and the facilities. Um, I think we could do better facilities, to be quite honest. Um, I know there's been building work and so on, but like once people are in the ground, there's nowhere for a kid to buy a scarf. Um, there's always people wandering out looking for programs. And uh, also the catering is the catering vans are fucking disgraceful. Um, the ones that we've got at the moment. And other clubs, larger and smaller, in this league and outside this league, have much, much better catering options. It's not impossible to do. It's really something I think we should look at. Um, 1899, yeah, well, that's staying on catering. It'll be great to get the 1899 and the, the, the Glenmalure suites back. Particularly uh, looking forward to ceremonial kind of wheeling in of the curry trays. I think they should probably be bagpiped in or something like that. Um, uh, aside from that, I don't think we need to think overthink events uh, in there, to be quite honest. Like, I mean, we're going to have huge numbers of season tickets, huge number of members eligible to get in there at all times. So we'll pretty much full houses um, all the time in there without too much trouble. And sometimes I f feel events have suffered from not being focused enough. Like we're having speakers or, uh, or whatever, and there's, you know, 500 Rovers lads with opinions uh, all trying to get a, a pint or, you know, fucking... Uh, have a chat. Uh, so you know, let's let's not overthink. Let's just see how it goes. Um, I'll be at the Tifties live show uh, next week. Uh, Elaine bought me a ticket for Christmas, so I'm looking forward to going along and meeting you both in person. I uh, haven't been to the Civic Theatre before. Uh, I've been to a few things in uh, Dunleary uh, over the last year or so. Nothing really stood out uh, play-wise. I was in the States recently and went to a Cirque du Soleil thing, and that was kind of that was okay. Um, I'm not into musicals at all. 
don't consider them our font to be quite honest um total waste of time and also the people who enjoy them are hugely suspect in my opinion um haven't been to any stand-up comedy for a long time either um used to go to that quite a lot so that's uh, probably something i should start back at um the best thing I ever saw on stage was a flan o'brien adaptation of a number of his works in the peacocks going back a few years i'm a big fan of ryan fan and seen his work done well on stage is an absolute joy uh, i haven't been on stage uh, myself since i was in school um i think we did philadelphia here it comes good fun um don't do impressions don't do impersonations i well, do a good impression of someone holding back incredible inner fear but i don't know uh, impersonations as such uh, in terms of podcasts, yeah, I obviously listen to you guys. I listen to the Johnny Ward one as well. Um, usually listen when I'm out walking. I listen to a bunch of kind of work ones, techie ones too, and some history ones as well. Um, so yeah, when I'm out walking, I only ever listen in the car if I'm kind of heading up to a match, really. I can sometimes get behind on Tifties um, a week or two, so I might not always be in sync with the matches, but uh, do try and listen to most of it. Um, in terms of the segments, uh, definitely the uh, might be recency bias, but the one with Jason uh, and Jim about the 80s. I love their memories. I love their recollection. I don't have that power at all. Uh, looking forward to part two of that. And um, really enjoyed Harry's quiz, as I think it should be called. He'll go a long way. I just hope he remembers old man Bill who gives who gave him his first uh, big break. Uh, but the players do let the quiz and Harry down. So uh, the other segment I liked was the guy you had on recently talking about the AFCON. Very interesting. And because this reminded me of it, I'm going to go buy his book now. So that's all from me. Hope I didn't leave anything out. Uh, see you at the live show and keep on hooping. Hi, Carl. It's uh, John Cody, uh, just with the questions. Um, my new res- resolution is to get fitter and lighter. Um, 1B is no. 2A is, yes, I've had several chats with Pico, and the last thing we talked about was him le- trying to learn Portuguese, which was funny. Uh, 2B, I think they'll get us the first KO round, knockout round, I think they come out of group. Um, uh, the person I'd like to meet is Jody Byrne or Peter Eccles, because they're the, the ones I see the least of. I haven't, I haven't seen Jody for years and years. Um, the two standout moments, I think Rory Gaffney's winner against Shells last year was was a standout moment, and the qualification for the uh, European Conference League group stages was also a feat to be recognised. Um, the transfer business, Rovers transfer business, yeah, I think they do well in the transfer business. In the transfers, they have uh, made very few mistakes. Uh, yeah, they do a great job with that, and I'd like to see them sign a centre forward who gets 20 goals a year, like everybody else, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, the fixture that jumped out was um, obviously Sligo away, my favourite fixture of the season. Um, uh, my uh, 3D West Stand is my season ticket, uh, just because that's where all everybody I know goes and sits. So, now nearly everybody in the West Stand at this stage. Um, yeah, E is uh, what can they do as a club um, to get new fans in? That's a tough one. It's uh, that's the age-old uh, problem with the League of Ireland. So I'd say listen to the fans with good ideas. I think there's loads of people with good ideas out there. I don't have the answers, but yeah, and act on them rather than just ignore them. Uh, yeah, it, um, the one about the eighteen ninety nine bar don't go in there. So I don't know. I don't know what they're up to there. Um, 
I'm go- yeah, I hope I'm going to the Tifties live show at the Civic Theatre. <laughs> I might see you there. Uh, 4B, have you been to any plays, musicals? I haven't been for years. And the best show I've seen on stage was a play with uh, Brian Dennehy called The Iceman Cometh. And that was that was a good few years. It must have been 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, I've never been on stage myself, but I do like the sound of it. Yeah, and I, I do like the idea of performing in front of a crowd. I do a great impression of Mick Jagger. And I think that's it. So hope that's useful to you, Carl, and we'll talk soon. Hiya lads, how's it going? Thanks very much for having me on. It's Colin Nolan here, so uh, originally from Dunleary, living in Tipperary, but that still doesn't stop me from going to the games. Uh, do I have any New Year's resolutions? I do. Just before Christmas, I said I was going to get myself a small bit fitter. Not to the extent of the likes of Geese and the boys in the WhatsApp groups. There are some serious units, but yeah, going to get myself a small bit fitter, exercise biking, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes on it a day, get myself moving again. Uh, so, is there anything that my friends would slag me about? Probably that I'm a bit blunt. Some of my, uh, some of my friends would call me spade because, you know, subtle as a, as a shovel, but that's about it. And what I get slagged about, anything being old-fashioned, probably my taste of music. Now, listen, I listen to anything, but, uh, yeah, my, my, my taste of music is probably the one thing that my wife gives me stick about. Have I ever had a chat with Pico Lopez? I've only spoken to Pico a handful of times, nothing really in depth, but what stuck out the most was how much of a gentleman he is. Um, after the Dundalk game where we won 4 0 last season up there, um, I always go with the two young lads who are 12 and 16, and the 12 year old was mad to get a picture of Pico. So he's there roaring at Pico to, to get a picture, and uh, Pico calls all the lads over, big group selfie with the 12 year old. Well, I tell you, it made his day. Whatever about standing in the wind and the rain. The 4-0 win was lovely, but a squad photo of Pico, I tell you, he was over the moon about. Um, listen, it'd be great to see Cape Verde go well. And, uh, you know, them Pico Lopez t-shirts, hopefully they're being worn over in Cape Verde as well as, as they are around Talland and the Dublin area. Uh, please God, they they do a bit so. Um, which member of the 1980s 4-0 team would you most want to have a point with? I love to sit down and pick the coaches' heads. You know, how they kept the boys hungry and, you know, the details that they would have had to go through and, you know, the conditions at the time as well. So, it's now I've coached um, underage, juveniles and also senior teams. So, for me to pick a coach's brain, that's really what I'd love to sit down with Jim McLaughlin and his coaching staff just to see how they kept it fresh, the tactics, how they man-managed people, that sort of well, I'd be interested in also goal scorers. You know, who doesn't love a goal scorer? Um, what were your standout moments of this four in a row? Well, there was a couple of them. You know, the 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 handing of the baton when we were beating Dundalk when, you know, we were on an uphill curve, they were on a downhill curve. You know, the, the COVID season. The, the, the Rory Gaffney winner against Shells, uh, not last season, the season four, the 3-2 win was unbelievable. And then, the, the, the standout the other standout moment of really how we, we dominated the, the Dublin sides the big Dublin sides you, you know Pats Shells uh, the other crowd out, out, out in Drumcondra you know they really haven't had a sniff when it's it's come to Tala so we've really laid a marker down um, and that's probably been the, the standout moment there's been so many of them like Richard Held goal up, up in Derry there's been so many moments that this team has produced 
over over the past four years. Even uh, the 2-0... Uh, we were down 2-0 at home to Shells and uh, it ended up being 2-all. That team just doesn't know when to stop. Uh, what do you think of Rovers' transfer business so far and who else would you like to see a sign? Well, it seems to be fast evolving, moving day by day uh, with Marcus Poom now re-signed. It looks like Trevor might be re-signed. Johnny Kenny as well. So... There are McInniff rumours that they just won't go away, but who knows whether that's you know a WhatsApp rumour or, or if that's you know likely to come to fruition. Um, so the, the the team is in it is in transition. You know we're after losing a couple of leaders uh, in Finn and Manus and a couple of the, the older boys that that mightn't see as much game time. So it will be an evolving team, and if if Stephen and the guys manage to get a league title out of this, it'll be absolutely fantastic because you know it's it's nearly a new team that we're going to be going with again. Um, I'd like to see a couple of more young lads come through. Uh, Naj, hopefully we see more minutes out of him because he's an absolute uh, he's an absolute baller. Uh, which game jumped out immediately for you when the fixtures are released? I sort of look out for you know the first two or three games. Can we build momentum, and how are we going to finish the season off? You know, it's always great to start the season at home, pick up three points, and then kick on from there. You know, I presume like everyone else, you're looking at when are we playing bowls. That's that's for me. Um, which stand in Tala is your twenty twenty four season ticket, and what made you pick it? Well. Last year I was in the south stand and in previous years I've been in the west and the east but I moved from the east last year into the south and after four or five games in I was getting a bit of stick and I was going to be up for probation now whether I was going to be able to renew my season ticket because you know I was seen as a bit of a jinx uh, coming from the east stand into the south and with the lads having such a tough start so one of the reasons why I moved from the east to the south is you know Young lads, they want to be involved with the action, the atmosphere, and um, they, they, they just love being a part of it. And plus, I know a good few lads in, in the south, so it's great to be able to stand with your mates and and see them every week, and you know have the chats. So that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I stayed in the south. Uh, what can Rovers do as a club to help get more fans into the north stand, be more involved in the community? There's so much that the club can do. Uh, to, to be involved with the community that north stand as a family stand it's an absolute great idea where people can go watch a game and and ju- just be involved it's great to see more kids more elderly people m- more women at the matches and uh, the club being part is, uh, of a community you see what the lads did with the collective over christmas raising money for for kids just before christmas all these small little initiatives you know really bring rovers into the community uh, I am looking forward to the return of the 1899 bar because, you know, Demaldron, it's just not the same. and It's grand that it's there, but being able to sit there and have, have one of the curries before the match and uh, and chill out, it's it, it's great. Uh, so what events? I'd like to see more events before and after the games where you can nearly make, uh, nearly make a good few hours out, out of the day. Uh, the Tifties live show, yeah, I'm looking forward to myself and the youngest fella are going to it, so... Yeah, we were at the the live pod recording as well, so we're looking forward to that. 
Have I been to any plays, musicals or stand-up comedy in the last couple of years? Since COVID, I haven't really. It, it's just, um, before COVID, I would have went to nearly everything and anything. But uh, no, I haven't been. So I, I was on Ticketmaster actually this morning looking to see what I could go to. Uh, have I been on stage myself uh, doing karaoke? Yes, I have. Uh, I'm shameless. Um, I don't need a drink to get up. And, and act age on the stage or, or to sing and we were in Tenerife last year and of course um, you know the mic was handed to me and there I was giving it socks now the bouncers love it because it could be 2 o'clock in the morning and I would clear the room out with my terrible singing but yeah it, it, it's all for a good bit of crack when do I listen to the pod I'd normally listen to the pod when it comes out straight away when I'm in work but now I've got to the stage of I listen to it travelling up from Tipperary up to Tala on match day with the with the two lads and we're sitting there listening to the pod and we have a good chat about it. Um, there were so many good segments from the pod th- this year, the the nineteen eighties with uh, Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy, the Tifties hotline again was fantastic, uh, the member the members corner with Gigsy hands, that for me it was just, you know, I was I was really emotional, um, and and then. We had to listen to the the quiz with the quiz master himself, Harry. Uh, they, they were fantastic, but for me, in memoriam, my dad, because um, you know, for an awful lot of us, our dads are the ones who brought us to our first match. So my own father, who brought me from Dunleary out to the RDS as a young fella, but uh, yeah, so the, the, it's too tough to choose from. And it's been great content, and the content's been getting better each year. So thanks very much, lads, for having me on. Keep on hooping. Cheers. Thanks, Colum. Hey, lads. This is Dennis Donahue wishing a very happy new year to everybody at the Tifties Multimedia Empire. Um, I'm going to get cracking because there's some of the questions that Carl sent through, and the Leinster Senior Cup is starting soon, so we better get moving. Uh, new Year's resolutions? No, I don't. Don't have any of them. Um, and that my friends and family consider old fashioned. Um, yeah, well, we have a family subscription to Apple Music, so my kids are constantly bemused by the fact that I keep buying CDs, and they kind of laugh at me when they see me coming in the door with another bag from Tower Records. So that, that, that probably that will be the thing that it's bring to mind. Have I had a chat with Pico? When was the last time? Um, yeah, I've had a few chats with the gent that is Pico Lopez. Um, last time was probably in the Maldon after the last game of the season, and it was really just to congratulate him on another league win. Um, I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but I assume Pico will inherit the armband from Ronan, and I can't think of a better leader on and off the pitch. He's just a brilliant ambassador for the club. Um, Cape Verde Africa Cup of Nations how far will they get unfortunately no I think they'll struggle to finish above Egypt and Ghana um, I don't know if there's a in their qualifying group I don't know if there's a runner up route to the last 16 but if, if there is and they get there um, I can't see them unfortunately getting beyond that so I think Pico will will be back with us in time for the start of the season um, as to who will win um, oh, probably one of the usual suspects, Senegal and the Ivory Coast, but um, certainly my tip would be Morocco. I'd love to see them win. I was lucky to be on holidays there when they had their run to the World Cup semi-final, and the atmosphere was just incredible. Just a huge party, lovely people, so um, I'd love to see Morocco win. Uh, the 80s four in a row, who would I like to have a point with? Always great to see Mick Bourne, Pat Bourne, John Cody around Tala. I idolised all three as a young fella. And to be able to see them and have a point and a chat about the match with them is fantastic. Um, 
who else? I'd probably, it, it'd be fabulous to think that at some point Jacko could recover, Jacko McDonough could recover enough to come to a game with the lads. Um, it'd be lovely to see him in the 1899 before a match and have a point. So Jacko would have to go with. Uh, what were the two standout moments of the four in a row? Um, yeah, it was, I suppose the four in a row was more characterised by kind of consistent excellence and just being really good when we needed to be good rather than by individual results. There were obviously moments of brilliance along the way. Borky's goal from the halfway line and Derry comes to mind. But in general, the lads always just seemed to have enough about them to get the job done and we were mostly comfortable enough in, in, in terms of our league position. So there weren't too many six-pointers over the course of the, the four years. So probably if I'd pick two, I'd say the two games that stand out for me were the 1-0 in Derry in 2020 and the one all in the Brandywell last September. Greener's winner in Daily Mount was was brilliant. We we beaten them a couple of times towards the end of twenty nineteen, but that long losing streak was still fresh in the minds. So to go there in the opening day of the season and get three points on the board like that really set the tone for twenty twenty. And to be honest, we, we we never looked back from there. Um, the fact that that game was played in 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 the midst of Storm Dennis obviously made the occasion more personally memorable. Uh, at the other end of the four in a row then the one all in Derry in September just felt like a huge result at the time they were always going to be our biggest challengers and they, they were close to us on the table going into that game and you, you could tell when, when, when they went 1-0 up the atmosphere in the stadium there was just a feeling amongst them that this was it this was, this was their moment and a, a lesser team would have buckled in, in that atmosphere and under that pressure but Rovers didn't they stood up to the challenge kept playing their football and showed why we're four in a row champions um, personally, I came out with the Brandywell that night, a hundred percent confident that that was it. We were we were going to get over the line and, and do the four in a row. So they'd be, for me, the two standout games. Uh, transfer business so far, happy overall. Um, I think we're well covered in most positions on the pitch. Good to see Jack and Rory signing new contracts. Good to see Marcus back for another year. Um, still waiting for news on Trevor and Johnny, but if Shamrock Room, Shamrock Room, <laughs> Shamrock Rover, Shamrock rumours are to be believed. Um, that will probably be confirmed by the time the podcast airs. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we were better than our rivals last year, and I think this group of players will get better. So I wouldn't be bothered at the lack of a marquee signing. I, I think we're, we're, you know, they, they haven't got much better, um, and I think we'll be better. So I'd be confident that we have enough. I think what Curtis maybe last year in Europe, particularly, was the, the mid-season injuries to Trevor, Neil and Jack. Um and maybe with Ronan, Sean Gannon and Kieran Cruz all moving on. Um, subject to news on Trevor, we maybe seem a bit light in the wing-back roles that are really, really critical to, to, to how Stephen sets the team up. Um, so I presume, I don't know, maybe Josh Honahan and Dara Burns might be able to play those positions. Um, I think Dara Burns is great signing. He seems really happy to be here. Um, Liam Burt, unfortunately, never really got going last year, but, you know, great player. So hopefully he does well with Shells and comes back to us um, as the player that we thought we were we were getting last year. Um, but no, pleased with Dara Burns coming in. Um, as I say, get Trevor confirmed for 2024. Um, maybe a bit of additional cover out wide um, and then just get the win back, get to keep the win backs and Jack fit keep them on the pitch, and then I'd be confident that we still have a better squad than any of our rivals. Um, 
which game jumped out when the fixtures were released. I always start at the end, look at the run-in. Um, we play Derry and Pats on consecutive weekends towards the end of September. Um, and obviously a, a six-point swing at that stage of the season can be huge. So for me, they're the, the, the two big games I'd be looking at. Get through those two games with our noses in front, and I'd be confident then we'd take care of the remaining four fixtures. Where will I be in Tallinn next year in the stand? I'll be sitting in my usual spot in Block D in the West Stand. I've been going to matches since the 70s with my dad and my cousin John. We still all sit together now along with John's daughter, Emma, and her husband, Jimmy. And another cousin then, Jim Walsh, who's also a member in the season ticket holder. And he sits near us as well. And what it means is that any assorted Donahues who turn up at games during the year always know where to find us. I suppose the only renegade is Paul, my brother, who's over in the South Stand with Hoops SC. But we wave across at him. What can Rovers do to get more fans into the North Stand and be involved in the community? Well, I suppose the most effective way to build attendances would be to, to keep winning football matches because obviously success brings people through the door and no reason why that won't continue in, in 2024. But I think that there's been a huge amount of work done since COVID to encourage schools, schoolboy clubs, community groups to come to matches. And I think we just need to continue and expand that work and where possible maybe have players acting as ambassadors in the community for the club. I, lads like Pico and Aaron are brilliant at that. Stephen Bradley and Glenn Cronin are also great at that. Um, but I think the more we can have players as identifiable local heroes, I think the more we'll tap into the potential audience that Tala offers. Um, yeah. The return of the 1899, am I looking forward to it? I am. Uh, I leave event planning to greater minds than mine. Um, I have very humble needs. A curry, a pint and a chat before the game is all I'm after and I'm happy. Am I going to the Tifties live show at the Civic Theatre? I am. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my brother Paul and I are going for the, the pre-show meal. So it should be a good night. Looking forward to it. Um, have I been in plays, musicals, and what's the last show I was at? Um, haven't really been at many. Um, go to gigs mostly, although I did see John Cooper Clark a couple of months ago. I'm not sure what category he falls into. I suppose it's a bit like a stand-up comedy show where the audience knows all the punchlines. Um, great show. Um, always a good show. Um, other than that, no, haven't seen sort of musicals in a lot. We lived in London for um, four years. Um, so I saw most of the big West End musicals while I was there. If I was to pick one, probably Wicked. Wicked was a good show. Yeah, went to see that three or four times. That was a good one. Um, have I been on stage myself? Oh, no, school plays. Jesus Christ, Superstar and Oliver. But um, no, um, no issue particularly with performing. Um, I've been known to deliver a possible version of Bad Moon Rising in karaoke bars. But um, no, um, I won't be getting an IMDb, IMDb page anytime soon. Who do I do a good impression of? That's not a claim I would make for myself. Um, I know other people would be the judge of that. So no, <laughs> I don't do impressions. When and where do I listen to Tifties? Uh, usually in the gym. Um, if I have a long drive coming up or I'm on holidays, I might save up a couple of episodes. But no, normally the gym, um, which can make obviously some of the, the longer episodes a bit challenging. Sometimes find I forgot to listen to the second hour or the third hour, but usually catch up. Uh, two favourite Tifties interviews. The interview with Bobby Best was lovely. Just a thoroughly, thoroughly nice man with infectious enthusiasm for the club. He'll be sorely missed around the place. Um, and the second one would be the the, oh, the 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 quiz final between Gary and Jack. I thought the two lads and Harry all played their parts brilliantly. Um, and going into 2024, I'll be disappointed if the Ultras don't come up with a song for Gary to the tune of Incy Wincy Spider. Uh, 
Um, so that's me. Um, yeah, happy new year. Keep on hoping. See you, lads. Uh, Donald John here. Thanks for asking me to come back. Um, I'll try and be uncharacteristically brief uh, in answering this shitload of questions, but here we go. Any New Year resolutions? Uh, I made a resolution about six years ago not to make any New Year resolutions, and I managed to keep that one. But if I had a small resolution this year, it would be not to do as many impulse buys on the internet uh, and wind up with clothes that actually don't fit me that well. Uh, is there something that I still do that friends and family slag me about uh, other than doing very, what would you call it, old school stuff like buying books and vinyl records? The only other thing that my children slag me about is uh, kind of dressing up uh, to go to the pub or uh, gigs and stuff like that, as in wearing decent uh, trousers, shoes, uh, crombie overcoat, the works. Uh, they get a bit of fun out of that. Uh, second question, have you ever had a chat with Pico Lopez and what was the last thing that you talked about? Well, the answer to that is very easy, no. Never talked to Pico Lopez. I make it a pretty iron rule not really to speak to any uh, current players, just to keep my illusions about them uh, intact. S predict how uh, Cap Verde would go to Yafkan and who will win the tournament. Um, given that three teams get out of the group, I think they have a reasonably good chance of getting out, uh, considering getting something to get Mozambique and possibly uh, Ghana as well. So they should get into the last 16 and uh, looking at the likely uh, contenders from the other groups, um, I, I think they've got an outside chance of getting into the quarterfinal. Um, who will win the tournament? Uh, it kind of depends on whether Nigeria turn up or not, or which Nigeria turns up. But I kind of suspect, and I agree with Ben Jackson, that it's likely to be a team from North Africa. I kind of fancy Algeria, they've got a lot of good players and they're under the radar. Uh, so I'll go for Algeria and get it completely wrong, of course. Now, which member of the 1980s foreign road team do you want, most want to have a pint with? Um, I think John Cody actually uh, is the one I would go for. He's, he's a good fun, uh, a nice guy. Played for Chelsea. Um, would be an interesting chat, I think. Um, two standout moments in this four in a row. I think for me, possibly because they're relatively recent, uh, Rory Gaffney's last minute winner against Shells uh, in Talat was just one of those brilliant moments where everybody went bananas and you just knew we were going to win the league. The other one, I think, for very different reasons, uh, Leon Powell's uh, penalty save in Derry, both crucial uh, in the game, but also I, I think you know it helped him and helped us look at him in a slightly different light. I gave him a bit of potential confidence going into the little run that he had, and hopefully that bodes well for the future. Um, Rovers transfer business so far, and who would you like to see us sign? Um, so far, so good. Uh, the rumours are obviously uh, that. Kenny will be back. I'm not sure that's a good move for him or for Rovers, really, but uh, we'll see if that happens. Trevor Clark, I think, is likely to come back, and it looks as though the uh, loan spell has been extended for Marcus Poom. If those are correct, good bits of business. Uh, Daryl Burns 
could well work out quite well. Um, anybody else? I was wanted us to look at Sloggett because I think he's a good player, but it doesn't look as though we're going to get him. Um, and there's no real standout players in the league, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know, there's just nobody around that I think would make us better. We do need a forward, but I think, and I suspect, we'd have to go outside of Ireland to get that. Um, what game jumped out immediately when the fixtures were released? Uh, there's two of them really. Uh, Galway away on the 15th of March, just before Paddy's Day, and obviously Bowes at home on Good Friday. Uh, both leaked out at me anyway, for different reasons. Um, what stand in Tala is your season ticket for, and what uh, what made you pick it? Uh, well, the South Stand, um, we obviously migrated into that when it was opened. We're over in row Z, a uh, nice quiet section. Um, I like it. I like the, the view. I like the atmosphere. Obviously, it's a group of us have been going together. Uh, we migrated from the East Stand to the West Stand to the South Stand, and possibly we'll end up in the North Stand at some stage, but South Stand suits as well. Uh, what could Rovers do as a club to get more people into the North Stand? Very hard to say. I mean, if you're going to use it as a family stand, there's obviously kind of face painting, that kind of stuff, uh, sort of stuff around family activities and uh, match days. But I think the, the one thing that Rovers could do is just to keep winning. I think winning brings people in, and it's very hard to say at the moment how it's going to work in the North Stand. Uh, I presume it's going to be open for every game, but we'll see how it goes. And I don't have any, uh, uh, I suppose, productive <laughs> suggestions as to how to, how to make it better, because uh, it hasn't opened yet. Uh, am I looking forward to the return of the 1899 bar? What type of events would you like to see? Uh, yes, um, I'd like the... The Glamalure eighty ninety nine suite. Um, it, it's a great facility. I'd like to see more musical events. To be honest, uh, not parrot and uh, bows at any amount, but some maybe live bands. Uh, hopefully not uh, traditional, but something a bit more rock or uh, punk based. That'd be great. Otherwise, uh, some DJ sets that'd be good too. Um, Am I going to the Tifties live show? Unfortunately, I can't go. Uh, it's uh, my eldest daughter's birthday, and we'd already planned a long time ago to out for a meal with her and her partner, so that's what I'm doing instead of going to the Tiffy's live show. And he plays musical stands of comedy uh, in the last couple of years, so I enjoyed uh, the best show scene. Um, yeah, there's a few. Bill Bailey, the last couple of times he came over, um, I really enjoyed him. and I just think he's a, a sort of comic, comedy genius. Um, I quite like Jersey Boys, as in the music. The storyline doesn't really hang together, but the music makes up for it. Um, Book of Mormon, obviously, I've seen it a couple of times now, and it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant anti-musical. Um, have I ever... Being on stage as an adult or as a kid, uh, like or dislike performing in front of a crowd. Uh, yes, uh, plays as a kid. I was in a band with Martin Moore and John Byrne, amongst others. 
the original Fontaines. Uh, and yes, we did play, we even recorded a few tracks before John went off, or after, in fact, John went off to form the promotion. So, yes, I have performed. I didn't mind it too much. Um, I also had to stand up in court and waffle from time to time, and I don't mind that either, really. Um, uh, do I do any decent impressions? Uh, no, is the answer. Uh, a rubbish Tommy Cooper, uh, that's a bit of it. Uh, where do I normally listen to Tifties? I normally go for a couple of walks over a weekend. So I generally get in Tifties and some other football podcasts like Football Weekly, etc. Uh, at that time. And my favourite two Tifties interviews... Uh, I like John Durney's one because he's an interesting guy and a historian and he's got a sense of humour. I enjoyed that one. Bobby Bess was very poignant uh, in hindsight, I suppose. Um, and obviously, Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy uh, possibly could only ever have been bettered by uh, Jim Conroy and Big Deck or possibly in the future by Jim Conroy and Martin Moore. Anyway. Good luck, keep on hooping, and let's uh, let's win five in a row. Yeah, so that was Bill, John, Colm. So we've got Bill, we've got John, we've got Colm. Dennis, is Dennis from the borough? Dennis is a Northsider. And Donald <laughs> Dunn. So, um, yeah, so some brilliant, brilliant observations from the lads. Um, John, short and sweet. Yeah. As, as usual. Already a good mix of callers there. One of our guests uh, on Saturday, John Cody, and a former CEO. Dennis, and who is uh, ready for the Leinster Senior Cup. Just so, not, we actually didn't know if these people had been going to the show or not. And quite a lot of the people we asked are actually going. Well, I think it was about half. That's know. what I liked. I think half of them are just... Well, Bill is going, John's obviously going, Colm is going, yeah. Dennis is going, Donald's going. Mm. So our first five callers are all going to mm. the show. Some were away or had plans, was fair enough. But yeah, no, I, it was the same. I was like, oh, didn't know he was going, cool. Um, so Donald's in the same boat as me. As a, and same with Dennis as well being slagged for actually liking cool music and going and buying it yeah Donald knows the stuff he picked Book of Mormon whereas Bill Gleason is dead to me for his opinion on musicals uh, very judgy <laughs> yeah, uh, I do like his uh, I do like his that doesn't surprise me because Bill Bill rarely gets out of his, uh, his ivory tower so <laughs> I do like his thing that uh, Ray's Curry should be Bagpiped in. <laughs> Could you imagine who holds the curry? <laughs> I'm laughing, but I agree. It actually, should be bagpiped in. hundred percent. Um, great line by Dennis Donahue. Identifiable local heroes. Mm. Talk about hitting the nail on the head. Billboards, posters, bus stops, Pico, Greener. These people need to be... Pico Lobin. Needs to be a that, big campaign. That man is a hero. He's yeah. about to play in his second international tournament. Playing in the AFCON. And he's adorned on t-shirts all over Talent in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Which we will be campaigning mm-hmm. to wear on the Sundays after. the Pico will be playing after. The day after our live show. So that's something for you to do as well. Yeah, a few people um, were into musicals um, and plays. Uh, others not so much I, I don't think it's a case of people being into musicals it's if you're into something good mm. I wouldn't necessarily like if I heard oh it's a musical I'd be, I wouldn't just think eh, it's a musical a lot of people would probably be turned off by that whereas mm. I brought my head to see Wonka last week you love it mm. it's brilliant it's a good musical but it's 
intertwined with a good story as well. Yeah. But I think a lot of people get immediately turned off because when they hear musical, they're like, oh, fucking Grease or, you know, something like that. I think that's just my jam though. Just funny, <laughs> funny songs is what I like. Yeah, so very much I so, enjoy yeah. musicals, yeah. So that was the lads and fair play to everyone for taking part. Big Collie Nolan, Tipperary Hoops in the building. Great stuff from Collie. And uh, a roundup of news, Prof, since our last show. And Lee Grace won Club Player of the Year award. He has swept the board this year. And John Kinney won Young Player of the Year. With Pico and a Dickie Ball at the RTE Awards. He's getting some miles out of that penguin suit. Yeah, he looked great in the Dickie Ball. Not sure about Richie Tell's leather trousers. <laughs> um, yeah. So we didn't win anything at the RTE Awards, Gare. Apparently some hurlers did something. But uh, we did have the RTE four in a row package. Did um, um, a, the gaffer, a gaffer won something for winning nothing. So he won something for winning nothing. The Ruby guy, was it? Oh, the friendlies. This is showing how bad we are. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but the package for Rovers four in a row nomination... Uh, the, the Jack Byrne goal against the Dock, the 3-2 win, a famous game. The commentator goes, Forrester with a goal for the ages over it. Do they... I know you proofread articles. Do they proof watch montages? Oh, it just sums it up. Sums up how the lack of care, the lack of effort. Uh, between that and the article they had a few weeks ago, <laughs> the San Francisco 69ers. What? That's what they had in their article. They met... Why? 69ers. They... The San Francisco 69ers. That's zero on RD. How can... Oh, mock. We're moving on, Prof. Duffer. <laughs> he says, Shell's qualifying for Europe is the greatest team in the league of world football. <laughs> I have to say, I like Duff for this. <laughs> I know that he sat there and he goes, what is the most preposterous thing I could possibly say to drum up a bit of interest? And he, and he went with that, you know? I, just, I think he believes all this. Um, I think he just has no other way of just he says what he thinks. Yeah, I think he genuinely does. Like he's, and it's usually bonkers. He's, yeah, he's, he's a character. We'll give him that. Um, he's going for a beard now himself, Prof. He must have seen you skulking around Tala. Looking suave. Yeah, we'll see how this develops now by February. Congratulations to Pats on winning the 2024 title and reaching the Conference League group stages. Usual panicking in December. Um, it's a lot of pressure on them already, isn't it? There's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about the signings and stuff like that, but I think we're better off just bubbling underneath the surface and going about our pre-season and, and doing it. I think it's their fans more than anything, the online presence, but uh, Pats are going from strength to strength as regards to, you know, off the field and attendances and stuff like that, so credit where it is due. They have signed very well. Yep. Um, they've also lost a couple of important players. Um, Umbro struggling with the stocks at Jersey. Um, I think a lot of people were let down out of the club's hands unfortunately so it's mm. not something that you can turn around and blame on Shamrock Rovers Pat's had the same problem Pat's with the same problem as well so um, unfortunately it's nothing to do with the clubs it's just a, an issue that they'll have to deal with internally yeah I mean it, it is a bit of a nightmare like the busiest month for merchandise sales is obviously Christmas December and you've now stock so it kind of feels like you're shooting ourselves in the foot but like you say out of our hands it is Umbro um, whether we continue with Umbro now after this because is that two years in a row now this this happened 
It wasn't as bad as last year. It wasn't. It, this is the mm. worst year for stock, I think. But last year could have been pretty bad as well. Yeah, a couple of people are saying you do. You feel sorry for the people in, in the shop who there's nothing they can do, and customers come in and they're obviously frustrated, and they're they're doing the best, and they're just it is what it is. Uh, I actually overheard a conversation of that myself. I went into the shop to get a couple of the the foreign row books and heard like a a woman looking for. Uh, a top in her, her her son's size and of course there was nothing there uh, she wasn't rude or anything but just I, I get yeah I can imagine what the staff feel having to deal with this constantly Um, but yeah um, not so sure about the club's Christmas day tweet though Um, happy with your lot today then hoops send us your robbers team gifts and then Darren replies can't there was nothing in the shop I'm more positive though. Um, four thousand season tickets sold before Christmas. Went up to four two, so knocking it out of park with season tickets. People want to see the hoops do five in a row, prof. It's looking good. Um McDara also got very statty on extra time. Ben Doherty won the assist race in twenty twenty three. Jack Bourne, however, created the most amount of goal chances, creating eighty two goal scoring chances for teammates, including seven assists, which was pretty much half a season as well, prof, am I right? Uh, 21 more than any other player yeah Jack Byrne there. in half a season pretty much yeah uh, McDara loves these sort of stats um, he's also on hashtag construction watch so a couple of days before Christmas he posted a picture of Tata Stadium um, so he had the hard surfacing now in place outside the new north stand you know, that's been you know it's just been rubble and JCBs and yeah. all sorts so it's actually laid down now and then we had the aerial view of the four stands, including the circus in the car park. But what a sight that was of just the four stands from above. Beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. And even when up close with the north stand, it's special. It's really, really nice. I think it's possibly the most detailed they've put. I'll have to get a little bit closer look, but it looks class. Hopefully, there's something we can do to make it. It's got a lot of frontage on that Talaboy Pass. Hopefully, there's a lot more we can do. Maybe help with a bit some help from the council is to actually make it more roversy looking. Without, for want mm. of a better phrase, that is the plan, though, isn't it? To put the same green seeds all around. Yeah, but I'm talking about the front of the actual north stand that you can see from the road when you drive by it. The, like it's. The frontage there is brilliant. You've got so much traffic, so many eyes on that north stand, that new north stand when you drive yeah, by yeah. Surely there's something you can do to just make it pop and go, okay. A little bit of decoration, you know, get, some get fan it, culture. Mean, yeah. yeah. Bit of spray paint or something, you know. Um, Liam Bortprof, bit of a shocker this one, joined Shelbourne on loan. So that's him gone for the season. Um, yeah, well, possibly it was a view to with um, Burns coming in. Um, well, we didn't see enough of Liam Burke. It's been like he came in and he scored against Cork. Um, I liked what I saw from him at times. Um, There's obviously a really good player there. Um, but he was just... He was carrying that injury for like the guts of the season. Well, unfortunately. So yeah. it was unfortunate, yeah. Carl Lennox joined Wexford as well. So some um, some lone experience for young Carl. And Kieran Cruz and Freddie Torley have moved to Bray. Simon Power got to Sligo. Um, who are wearing hoops now, Prof. So, That's um, the away jersey. I thought the jersey yeah. was actually alright. I didn't yeah. mind it. Daryl Bournes has come in on loan from MK Dons. This is something I'm very excited about, Prof. Now, he's an exciting player. 
So I'm really looking forward to seeing mm. him. Done on the hoops. Um, I think it boiled some... Um, it, yeah. it got people a bit annoyed. Some Pats fans not happy. Some pretending that, you know, like, ah, never rated them anyway. And then... <laughs> Then you dig up the old tweets and they're praising him and saying, "Oh, he's better than Jack Byrne. He's better than Messi and Ronaldo." And I was like, "Ah, let him go, Roberts. They never fancied him." Not be right though. Exciting is the word. Just he was he was unplayable time for Pats in his last season. Uh, I remember him playing very well against us a couple of times. Can you remember the last time we had four loan signings? Yeah, well, what was the last season? Have you got loan stats? Well, last season was Kenny, Poom, Clark. Um, so, it's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Um, Mark Poom, yeah, so Marcus Poom. Extended as well, so really happy with that, Prof. Um, got a good end of season. be very interested to see him now, seeing how we get on with him. Yeah, no, I felt like he was, he was adjusting to the league and our style of play more and more as the season went on. I remember he was brilliant against Strada. The five nil, albeit Drada just seemed to not play and give up in that game, but Poom Poom ran the show that day. Um, so we see more of that. Um, no, I'm delighted he's he's uh, he's gonna stay on. Uh, he was back in pre-season with Flora at one stage, so we thought, oh, is that it? Is he gone? But uh, the club is thankfully eventually came to an agreement. Um, one one Pats fan actually said. Uh, oh, robbers don't have to have to abide by financial fair play to the announcement of Poom even though it's a loan uh, it's not even a signing I know wages have to be paid but I don't know it just made me laugh mm. so the women's team bit of movement here Prof Stephanie Zamber Anya O'Gorman have committed their futures as well Jamie Thompson Joy Ralph Lauren Kelly Melissa O'Kane Maria Reynolds Scarlett Heron Savannah McCarty and Jess Hennessy are player of the year. But Jess Gargan, Orlo Matney Teagan, Rudy, Summer Lawless, Alana McAvoy, Jane Merrin, Abby Tuttle have <laughs> left the club. And the announcement of, I think it was Jess Gargan, was a bit spicy on the Shelbourne website. Mm-hmm. They welcomed her back to Shelbourne or to Rings End's number one. So um, it was interesting mm. to see that there's still a bit of spikiness there between the two clubs. Was it that Kieran Stavros says Shelburne are not even the top three best clubs in Rings End? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the Irish Town over thirty fives are in there. They had the the towers in the background as well, so they're really doubling down there. Prof. But uh, of all those who left, you'd have to say Jess Gargan is that's the most that's the biggest loss. Surprising, yeah. She was uh, she was a right full, um, chipped in a lot of assists. Very good player. Um, Lana McAvoy is a good player too uh, she had a bit of a goal drought in the second half of the season but um, um, that's she's been there the last two um, so I presume looking at that that there will be maybe a new forward coming in because uh, McAvoy was up front so in terms of the women Gary we also have their Fisher list we didn't we didn't say this last week they start with DLR waves away on March 9th so that's where are, they, where are they based again? UCD, UCD. Okay. Yeah. So that's the that's the weekend we play Sligo away. Um, the women actually don't leave Dublin until their sixth match, Ooh. May eleventh. Must have a few in a row then, do they? Yeah. So and you <laughs> also have Eileen Gleeson. She was appointed Ireland women's manager. We predicted this one, didn't we? When 
we spoke with Anya O'Gorman on stage at the Player of the Year Awards. She felt that she was going to get it as well. We, mm-hmm. we, t- we, we hinted that a homegrown coach will probably get it, and that is the case now at this stage. Yeah, it was six wins out of six in the Nations League, so that got her the, the full-time position. Still no men's team and appointment for Ireland. She forgot all about that. Yeah, well, interesting to see how Chris Hutton gets on now with Ghana in the Af- in the Afcon because he's kind of he's one of the bookies' favourites. Um, Lee Carsey is still constantly being mentioned. Um, so that that's the kind of the two main ones in the run there, but there's a few others. Um, and finally on on women's football, there Shelburne women's manager Noel King has retired. There you go. Which I say, Noel, why now? Why not 30 years ago? <laughs> I'm not saying that. Owen Weirin is the gaffer. That was a weird one. I didn't know he was involved with them for a while, but he was a player at Balls, remember? Still a young man. So, um, Pat's transfer business. Brazilian keeper, Pete Haluga, on loan from Liverpool. So, they've had a... He's highly rated, apparently. They yeah. got they had Yaros in before. They had Anyang in. They they love a loan keeper, don't they? Well, Jaros worked out brilliant for them. He was a very good keeper. He was excellent. So, all remains to be seen here. Willie Fred Zahibo is suing Dundalk for 50k in unpaid wages. He was a big man. Good player, I thought. Can we just stop on this one for a sec, right? Dundalk... Having this, the most expensive squad ever assembled, backed by billionaires, did not pay a player his wages during that season. I was only reading about um, what a shambles of a club. What was the gaffer, the Italian fella? Uh, <laughs> you ran the summer camps. You said the summer camps. <laughs> He's with the like the end New York City Bloodhounds now or something like that. I don't know how were you both drawing a blank on his name it's how forgettable he was oh, well, what about him anyway? it'll pop in yeah no I was just reading about it. it popped into my head and I forgot he actually beat us in the cup is it Filippo or something Filippo Giovagnoli yeah that's what it is they actually beat us in the cup his team 4-2 I remember us missing there's the, a quiz question for you I now who was, who was the manager for Dundalk when they beat us 4-2 in the cup I remember us missing a glorious chance in that game was it the our ball, guest? The ball just ran, just rolled across the line. Was it our guest on Saturday? I don't think it was greener. Um, I remember Pico scoring, and we were all we were all cheering because we actually had a big bet on Pico to yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, bring Craig Matten's house. Um, yes, they've also signed a Dutch player, um, Dutch man in at Dundalk. It's Koen Oostenbrink, so a former Eindhoven player. And young PSV, so I think it's a bit misleading to say he played for PSV. I think he, I think he played, made a one sub appearance, but he played for their U team, then played for um, Young. Yeah, Tommy Tommy says, "Can't wait to hear this on the RLPA." <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear someone. What, what was it again? They found their car. They, <laughs> they found the keys. They just don't have the car. <laughs> oh, you have the keys. You can't find the car. Uh, um, uh, everyone named Carmel <laughs> gets into the ground for free on Tuesdays uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have Afalabi going to Belgium which uh, doesn't surprise me he's a good player and he's gone to the Belgian Pro League so they're currently rock bottom so he has a big task on his hands to keep them up and um, yeah so Afalabi in Belgium James Duna now prof a workmate he is up at 
Glen Avon. Him and another couple of dubs signed for Glen Avon. So he scored and so, got an assist on his debut. So what is he doing? Is he living in Dublin and driving up there? I'd imagine that's the case. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty much part time. I'd say. I'd imagine so. Bit of a fall from grace, Gare, from perfect ten in our quiz on the podcast to oh, coming to posty. Still remember him scoring against Cork and the. I was only talking semi- to to Barry about that. It was the a other final, day. wasn't it? It was a semi final in Tada. Last minute of extra time. That was nuts. There was a pitch invasion. It was nuts. For a League Cup semi-final. But yeah. it was justified because we were having a patchy season. Yeah, we were poor. And that was that was actually like one of the highlights of the year. That was deadly. So, Pico, we spoke about it. Get your Pico t-shirts at the ready. His adventure begins on Sunday against Ghana. So, Prof, no big deal. He's just going to be marking Anaki Williams and OU off of Crystal Palace. Thomas Partwell, no, he won't be playing. Um, there's a few mm. players, few good players in that squad. It's surreal stuff, really. He's going to be playing against the 40-year-old winger from Mozambique and then mm. Smo Salah running down the yep. wing. Yep. Like, pinch myself, like, you know. We talked about that in our, our AFCON interview last time. Um, no, I, I love that. I, I can't wait to watch this. I remember some of the times being, kick-off times being a bit awkward. I think it's um, going to go 11 2 and something like that. There's going to be football. It's going to be very similar to the World Cup. Yeah. So it's going but to be uh, great. Crack. First game Sunday, so that's, that's easy enough to catch. No problem with work there. Um, uh, the gent uh, sent me this stat. Pico is actually like the joint most capped defender in the squad, in the current squad. Yeah. Which is interesting. Told they love him, prof. The manager initially announced a provisional 53 man squad. 53 How I whittle that down I remember Martin O'Neill Had these bloated squads Of 40 But my god 53 And half of them Like weren't even capped Half of them didn't even Have international clearance I think it's a case um, Of a lot A lot of them probably Turned around and goes Yeah I'm not coming <laughs> So it probably whittled Itself down at stages um, And finally My two favourite stats When it comes to Pico and Cape Verde First of all The one everyone knows Nine Nine months Pico ignored A message on LinkedIn from the Cape Verde FA inviting them to join the squad imagine he never never just stumbled across it it was only because the manager sent up a follow follow up one in English and then he saw that <laughs> he looked at it and probably yeah. thought spam yeah that was spam and my favourite staff from last year or from two years ago in the AFCON Rovers provided more players than Barcelona to the AFCON Hey, there we go. That's the that's the start of the year. Start of twenty twenty four. So far, um, Breedablick's European journey came to an end. Sixteen games, eight countries, one hundred seventy days going back to the Champions League preliminary preliminary, preliminary round in June, prof. So Breedablick, interesting of, to see how they get on. Hell of a journey. Now, time for our next five callers, prof. It's Fikra O'Brien. It's Glenn Dunn with Hannah, Ryan McDyer, Karen Conley, and. David, King our King, designer of the Pico Tees. So here we go. Yellow. Hello, Fia Crowbrillacon here. Ringing in to the Tifties hotline. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, I... Waste about two and a half hours of my week every week listening to these two gobshites go on about rovers and who's looking for the smoke and this kind of nonsense. So I think I need to cut that out of my life. Um, 
otherwise I'm going to give up the snooze this year. Um, yeah, I still prefer to listen to my music uh, old school on MP3 files that I actually own as opposed to stream. And uh, I'm increasingly getting, well, I was getting slagged for, I think everyone's just given up on me and accepted that I'm a lost cause in that regard now at this point. I'm sticking to my iTunes and that's that. Um, Pico, I've never had a long chat with him. He, he strikes me as a really good hoop and a good guy. The last time I was talking to him was on the pitch in Inchicor. Um, I just ran over to him, told him he was a star in the match, and he actually picked me up and gave me a big bear hug. Um, so, yeah, it's been last interaction with Pico. Cape Verde, um, which Pico's playing for. I don't follow African football that closely, but I was listening to a podcast recently about it, and it sounds like Cape Verde are fancied to have a pretty good chance of getting out of the group. Um, but we'll probably struggle to do go much further because the, the North African countries are all very strong this year. Egypt, Algeria, Morocco. Um, so I haven't looked at exactly how to work once they get out of the group, but I think they'll probably struggle to get much further than the first knockout round, but that'd be like a very big achievement for Cape Verde. So hopefully they can go on and at least do that. And uh, we all hope Pico plays a central role in that. I actually have had the pleasure of having quite a few points um, with John Cody in recent years from the Borough to Budapest. So I'm lucky in that regard. And, and ha definitely I'd be killed if I didn't say he'd be my first choice for a point from that team. But um, if there was someone else, I'd, I'd, Mick Byrne just sounds like uh, he was an incredible player for us and a great Rovers man. And I know he's still involved with, you know, still comes down and gives advice to the to Bradley and the team and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd like to have a point with Mick Byrne at some stage. Be nice. On our transfer... Oh, sorry. Our most recent foreign we just achieved. Uh, the two standout moments for me, the first would probably be the 3-0 demolition of Bowes back in the end of August, start of September. Not only because obviously it's great beating Bowes and we trashed them that night, could have been a lot more than three. Um, but at that time, our results have been up and down and we were still kind of, I think, recovering from a very humbling experience in Europe. So that was a really big marker for us that we were back and, you know, roaring, back roaring and in full steam again. So that was, I think, a really important moment for us. Um, and then, of course, winning the league in Inchicore, everything about that night, the performance, really dominant, complete team performance. You know, it was 1-0 up until the death, but really felt like it could have been a lot more. We were really in control. And then that goal right at the end by Graham Burke was just the icing on the cake for us. Um, so those would be my two standout moments that there was so many great moments. And... I suppose some challenging moments across the season, but they'd be the two standout ones for me. Um, our transfer business so far has been good and solid without any one great big flashy name coming in so far. Um, so at the time we're recording, we've signed Derek Burns, who was great when he was in the league, but I think he's a bit of an unknown 
prospect at the moment because he hasn't played much football in the last year and a bit. Um, so hopefully he can go back to the level he was at, at least when he was in the league before. Um, he would be a good signing for us then. Um, Lee Stacey is a good hoop, good solid backup to Leon, um, who we all hope kicks on this year. Josh Honahan seems like a really smart signing. Maybe we're going to wait. We might be waiting a little while to see him really come into the first team, but I think he's a very good signing going forward. And obviously he's a very versatile player. Um, we've just confirmed that Poom will be returning, which is very positive. Um, I think he'll have he'll actually be one of our key players next year. I think I think he really came on in the final third of the season. Um, it's not been confirmed, but it does look like Johnny Kenny's coming back, which is good. Um, also not confirmed, but seems likely we're going to keep Trevor Clark, which is I think really important when he's fit. He's a key part of the team. Um, and hopefully he can have an injury-free season. And it looks like we're going to be getting Aaron McAniff back in a swap deal with me going out on loan to Australia for the year instead. Um, I'm a little concerned that our recruitment policy seems to be just taking back our old players and other League of Ireland players who have gone away and hasn't worked out for them. And we seem to be signing a lot of players with um patchy injury records we have a lot of the team are a little fragile so slightly slightly worried about exactly how we're going about you know recruiting players but um look the team has i think been strengthened slightly already and we're looking very solid going into next season um i'm not going to be here for most of the season so i've not been as attentive to the as excited by the fixtures it's more looking at things going god i can't believe i'm gonna miss that so i think that first away match in galway which is on the long patrick's day weekend if i'm correct just looks like the standout fixture you know everybody wants to go to galway and especially it landing on you could make a full weekend of it i'd say that's going to be serious crack that night and i'm kind of sad i'm going to be missing it um of course i'm always in the south stand um and we'll always be in the south stand i think as long as the the ultras and the singing section and all that is there i think it's by far the best stand in the league and it's since we've moved over there i think the atmosphere and everything at the club has just gone way up so i hope we stay there and i hope i'm there for many 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 more seasons um in block x of course to get to try and fill this new north stand is going to be a challenge because we've already grown our attendance so much over the last few years it's a big ask to keep it going to add so many more fans again um i think the club have done a good job with other junior clubs like underage clubs and getting you know kids who play football out but i think we could do a better job of bringing maybe you know people who don't necessarily play football but at a high level but want to watch football um and i think a key part of that is just making the the whole match day experience better um and which leads us straight into the main thing is we need to get a proper bar um so yeah very much looking forward to seeing the new bar um i think we could be doing a much better job of that aspect of match nights 
Um, I was recently up at Cliftonville and, you know, the social they have there, that's that's what we're missing at Rovers. We need like a proper social hub, uh, not just somewhere you run in and have one quick point before, one quick point after and leave. Um, so I hope there's music and events going on and something that'll keep the fans there all night would be great if we're allowed to do that. Um, I won't be at the live show because I'll be flying away to Australia the day before, but I would have gone. Um, it's great to have great to have it on in a proper venue like that in Tala. It's great. Um, I haven't actually been to much in the past year because I was traveling so much, but um, last Christmas I went to the new electric ballroom by Enda Walsh, uh, which was unusual, but very good. Uh, one of those plays you watch and then you spend the next few hours kind of dissecting it and analyzing and trying to figure out what you actually watched um and the previous year i went over to london to watch the harry potter play the cursed child in the west end which was excellent um well worth a watch if you're in london or i think it might be in broadway as well at this point um and yeah with the the podcast i usually listen to it on the day so it often comes out on thursday i think but i usually tend to listen to it on friday morning and the day of the match get me in the mood um for the the match day i like to listen to podcasts while i'm cooking or doing things around the house or um out and about uh, yeah of the recent sections obviously having that bobby best interview was just an amazing thing to have um and you know given the sadly he passed away it was amazing to have that and to listen to that he was such a big figure throughout my life watching rovers handing out photos and all that to me when i was a child and just he's always been there um and it was obviously a big loss for the club so it's great to have that and the other one oh yeah the the authors i really enjoyed that it was just something different um it was really interesting to, to hear about those different books I wouldn't have heard about otherwise and that is me out of time so thank you very much keep on hooping how you doing Glenn Dunn here and I'm Hannah Dunn and we're here to answer a few of the questions on the hotline for the lads thanks for asking us do you have any new year's resolutions no I don't really make resolutions but maybe this year just try and be a little bit more healthy don't eat as much junk food I'm pretty much the same I don't really have resolutions I just try to do more of the stuff that I do already like going to the gym more is there something that you still do that your friends and family consider old fashioned or slag you about Um, I had to think about this and I couldn't really think of anything and I asked my wife and she said I'm probably the only person that still goes to the ATM to take money out and I was very reluctant to get Revolut and I only got it a couple of months ago so maybe that's it Okay, the next one is, have you ever had a chat with Pico Lopez and what was the last thing you talked about? Um, I've never really talked to him. I've met him a couple of times though and got a few pictures with him there. Um, last time I spoke to Pico was at the Tifties Player of the Year um, where he very kindly gave Nathan, my son, uh, one of his international jerseys which blew Nathan away. Um, usually just chatting to him about how they're getting on uh in the season you know after games and stuff like that but not real deep conversations um, next one is predict how far Cape Verde will get in the African Cup of Nations this month and who will win the tournament 
very difficult group for him but I think that he'll get out of the group and maybe with a bit of luck if they get a good draw into the last or the round of 16 I think the same I think they'll get out of the group and then maybe get into the round of 16 and as for who's going to win it I think Morocco might win it seeing as the run that they had in the World Cup like they were great so I would have said that Egypt will win it because of Salah, but again, speaking to Nathan, who's a font of information on African Cup of Nations because of Pico, he reckons that the Ivory Coast have a very strong team, so we'll go with the Ivory Coast for that one. Um, which member of the 1980s four-in-a-row team would you most want to have a point with? Well, after the Cup final in 2019, I actually went up to the Burlington and met a a lot of the players up there um, John Cody I've met a good few times and was always part of the table quiz team with him So, and he's a good fella so I'll say John Cody with that one um, What do you think of Rover's transfer business so far and who would you like to see us sign? Um, I think we've like made some good signings so far I think they'll add a lot to the team and for who I'd like to see us sign I'd like to see Aaron McAneff come back um, yeah, I think McAniff would be the standout signing if we could get him um, or get Trevor Clark back. It's like getting the old band back together. Um, I think the signing so far have been, I won't say been anything too drastic because we're just sort of re-signing players apart from Dara Bournes who I think could be a huge signing, very exciting player. Um, the guy from Cork, not 100% sure about him but is that uh, Bradger's next project player and we all know how well he does there we've missed uh, one question and what are your two standout moments of this four in a row Hannah any ideas um, well definitely one was the night that we won it in Inchicore getting on the pitch at the end was great and it was really exciting the whole night um, I would go back to the where it really kicked off the just before lockdown in 2020 when we beat Dundalk up in Tallaght the 3-2 game uh, Jack's left footed corner into the bottom corner absolutely fantastic goal and then the 3-2 game against Shelbourne in October 2022 that was a great night and made all the more special that I had my brother home from Australia to see it it was fantastic he hadn't been at a match in a long time well he was at the 2019 Cup Final but he hadn't been to a league game in maybe 10 years so that was great to have which game jumped out immediately for you when the fixtures were released? Uh, I don't think there was a particular game, but just I really want to go back. I like obviously I miss it a lot. So just the first one against Dundalk is obviously you're looking at the first one back. It's huge. So and then like a few of the away trips maybe to Galway and things like that. Yeah, the fact that um, Galway, I think both of them the away games fall on bank holiday weekends means we might get a family trip down there maybe once maybe twice if we're lucky so maybe the two fixtures that stood out to me which stand in Tala is your 2024 season ticket for and what made you pick it so this year we went for the south stand we usually sit in the west stand but this year like the south stand the last couple of years has just been like so exciting and like vibrant every game so we just said like it looks really exciting and we want to be in there and be a part of it yeah obviously with hannah going to the south stand so i got i'm going there as well with nathan and with the crowd that we uh 
we sit with so that's eric and nobsy and amanda and danielle so and all the kids that we bring so it'll be good fun hopefully what can rovers do as a club to help get more new fans into the north stand and more involved in the community um i don't know what you can do to get more fans in there the, the idea i would have would be to get the players out involved with and again a difficult thing is get the players out maybe coaching in local teams and create that buzz that kids want to go and see them players maybe that might attract a bit more i know it's difficult but again i think that's something that we should try and get involved in are you looking forward to the return of the 1899 bar and what type of events would you like to see um well we sometimes used to go in there before matches and Ray always has a really nice curry, so it would be nice to go in there and get more curry. Yeah, not being a drinker, that doesn't really bother me, but I love going in for a cheeky Ray's curry before a game. And what type of events would I like to see there? Um, I think when we're playing away games, especially say the likes of Daily Mount or whatever it is, where the tickets are limited, maybe open up the, uh, the suite that people can meet up there, have a drink, the club's getting a a few quid out of it but we're all able to meet and watch a match together which I think would be great are you going to the Tifties live show in the Civic Theatre in Tala on January 13th a little plug there lads is it yeah I'll be there yeah definitely be there I'll be there too have you been to any plays musicals or stand up comedy in the last couple of years and what's the best show you've ever seen I've been to loads of shows not recently though uh, the best one I think that i ever seen was Billy Connolly live in the Point Depot oh, must be close on 20 years ago man is an absolute genius at comedy um, I haven't been to very many either but the last one I can remember I went to Annie in the board gosh a few months ago and it was quite good so I'll say that one have you ever been on stage yourself, whether it's karaoke as an adult or a skilled play? Yes, I've been on stage loads because I did drama when I was younger and there was a show every year. And I also did my TY musical for school last year. So I've been on stage quite a lot. And something I like or dislike, um, it can be very nervous before you actually go on you get really worked up sometimes but then once you're out there you really enjoy it and you forget about all the nerves um, yeah I've been on stage before I did a school musical many many years ago shout out to uh, Justin Mason he knows all about it we had great fun doing that together in Marion College all them years ago and it doesn't bother me being on stage or up in front of a crowd I used to do a lot of training in the job that I'm in and it doesn't bother me standing up in front of people and, to and talking do you do a good impression of anyone no no <laughs> uh where do i usually listen to tifties uh, i usually listen to it i'm probably one of the first listeners in the morning because i'm up at five to go to work and that's where i listen to it driving into work and then on the way home in the afternoon and it could go on for a couple of days to get to get it all finished uh, i don't really listen to it myself but i do hear quite a lot of most episodes because my dad always has it on in the car so and um, what's the favorite part of the tifties i like it all to be honest with you uh i especially like hannah's interviews of course and uh yeah just the whole show just a good bit of crack all along um 
Well, when I do listen to it, like my favourite parts are usually the quizzes because they're a bit of fun and you usually get to see, like if it's with the players, you usually get to see like a fun side to them. Thanks for asking us to do that, lads, and hope everything is okay. Thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Back in the south stand. Right. Hello. Um, my name is Ryan McDyer. I'm very happy to be calling into the Tifties hotline again. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, lads. All right. Number one, do I have any New Year's resolutions? Um, I don't. I've kind of never really been one for New Year's resolutions anyway. Um, I think they're a bit too easy to break. Um, kind of just trying to do everything this year a bit better than I did last year. I think that's a good way to go about it. Is there anything I still do that my friends and family consider very old-fashioned and slag me about? Um, I was racking my brain before recording this to think of something and I can't think of anything. So, sorry. Uh, number two, have I ever had a chat with Pico Lopez and what was the last thing I talked about? Uh, another bad answer here. I've never actually chatted to him. Um, so I don't really have a good answer for that one. Uh, how far do we think Cape Verde will get in AFCON? Um, I had a look at their group this year compared to what it was a few years ago. Um, I, I reckon they could get the same sort of results again. Get four points and get into the um, last 16. And then two years ago they lost to Senegal who ended up going on to win the thing. Um, there's no no shame in that. But if they get a good draw there's no chance, nothing to say they can't get to the quarterfinal which I think would be a great achievement for them. So, And then who do I think is going to win it? Um, I didn't have a look at the betting odds, so I have no idea who the favourite is, but going off what happened at the World Cup last year, like Morocco, you know, got some good scalps on the way to the semi-final. Uh, and which member of the 1980s four-in-a-row team would I most want to have a go, go for a pint with? Um, I was going to say Alan O'Neill, because I've always enjoyed when he's been on the pod, um, but then I looked up when he played for Rovers, and he never played in any of the four-in-a-row teams. So... I suppose then I'd have to say Alan Campbell or Liam Buckley. Um, even though they were only there for one of the for the first year of the four in a row, I think the two lads would have some good stories in their times playing in Europe. You know, and like you, you hear a lot about the four in a row anyway. So I feel like you'd kind of want to get some other stories in there if you're going to have points with them. All right, question three. Uh, what were my two standout moments of the four in a row? Um, so the first one is Jack's goal against Dundalk on February twenty eighth of. 2020 the last home game before the lockdown um it was only five games into what ended up being was it five or was it four it was four or five games into what ended up being an 18 game season but that for me kind of felt like the moment where we had wrestled control of the league title kind of away from dundalk we tried to do it the year before there was that game in the middle of june i think sean gannon scored the only goal for dundalk but we we should have won that game but we didn't um and I feel like finally getting a big league win over them early in the season set down a marker and then we went on to, uh, you know, win that one and then win three more after. And then the second moment was clinching the fourth title in Inchicore, um in October. So that was the first time I had seen Rovers win a league title in the flesh because it, it, I, I wasn't around during the Michael O'Neill era or anything before that and then the Obviously, 2020 was COVID-21. The Harps game, I was away for that game. And then 22, we got across the line, I think, because Sligo and Derry drew on a Monday night or something. Um, so to actually see it in the flesh for the first time and for it to be a record-equaling 
fourth in a row was pretty special. Um, what do I think of the transfer business so far? Um, I think it's been decent so far. Um, I'm happy with well, Puma's re-signed. That news just came in today. And it looks like Trevor's coming back as well. I think those are two huge re-signings, if we can get them. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Stacey or Honan, but as far as I'm concerned, the football department have kind of shown over the last few years they don't really sign duds. Um, even the players that aren't, that don't really work out at Rovers, they tend to not be bad footballers. So I'd be happy with those. Um, and who, who would I want us to sign? That's I, I don't really know to be honest. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what game jumped out when I looked at the fixtures first? Um, so I'm sure most people are going to answer this uh, with Bows Away, um, which is actually on my birthday this year as well. The first one is, so I'm really hoping I'll be able to get to that. Um, what stand am I in this season? It, it, we're in the south stand again this year. We moved there from the east um, when the south stand opened and we've just kind of loved it ever since. Um, what do I think Rovers can do? What can Rovers do as a club to get more fans into the North Stand and be more involved in the community? Um, they did that promotion for a few games last year, um, UCD and another one where if you were like a youth football team, you'd be able to bring the whole team to the game for free. I thought that was very good because it filled out the East Stand for a few games where we might not have filled it out anyway. And as well as that, I work with a lad... Um, could have and his son was one of the kids in one of the teams at that UCD game and his son was now Rovers mad um, he brought all of his mates to I think the next home game or whatever it was the young lad has photos with all the squad now um, and he's just bed into Rovers now so I think that's some sort of evidence that that thing kind of really works um, I'm looking forward to the return to 1899 and what events do I want to see there um, it'll be very nice to have something back in the stadium um, and it would be great as well if it was open to season ticket holders on some sort of basis. I don't know how you'd make it work, but I don't know. I'd just love to be able to go for a point in there. I'm only a season ticket holder, so. Um, events there, I think the quiz nights and the Rovers Player of the Year ceremonies that were in the 1899 before COVID were very good. Um, it'd be good if they came back. All right, question four. Uh, am I going to the 50s live show? I haven't got my ticket yet. I am planning to go, so we'll take care of that this week. Um, have I been to any plays, musicals, or stand-up in the last couple of years? And what's the best show I've seen? Um, I haven't been to anything really sort of cultural, in inverted commas, in the last few years, apart from gigs. Um, I did watch Hamilton on whatever platform it's on. I can't remember. The, the recording of it from Broadway. I thought that was decent. Um, the best one I've ever seen... I'm not really sure. I've been to a few of the Sean O'Casey plays in... Um, I think the Abbey Theatre and the Gaiety have enjoyed them, so I'd we'll definitely go back to see them again. Um, have I ever been on stage myself? Um, and do I like or dislike the idea of performing in front of a crowd? I do not enjoy the notion of performing on stage or in front of a big crowd, especially a crowd of people I don't know. Um, I did karaoke with my friends a few months back, and I had to, get, I had to be quite drunk before I started belting out the tunes, so yeah. Who do I do a good impression of? Um, I've been told that I can do a half-decent Peter Collins impression, um, but I don't know if I'm actually good at it or if it's just because I, I kind of play on his like, rob robotic tendencies a lot when I'm doing it. Um, 
So yeah. Uh, Alright, and five, when and where do we usually listen to Tifties when it comes out? Um, so I don't listen to podcasts when I'm working, so I usually listen to it when I'm out on a walk or like if I'm on a bus or driving. Um, but I always try to get it finished before whatever game Rovers are playing in next. So like if the pod comes out on a Wednesday morning or something, I'll try to get it finished by Friday evening. And then what were my favourite Tifties uh, interviews or segments since August 2023? Um... I think the two live shows were very good. The Origins of the Ultras um, was interesting and kind of the formation of the Ultras as well before my time following Rovers. Um, so it was very interesting to hear the stories of that. Um, and then the 1980 show was good as well. I was at the recording of that in the provinces and Gary Parsons fell off his chair and it was brilliant. And um, I mentioned as well to the Bartley Ramsey and Peter O'Toole interview from, I think, the end of November and um, I thought that was very interesting and the notion of a book detailing the football jerseys in Ireland I thought was very good um, alright that's me cheers keep on hooping hi everyone Karen Connolly here thanks for having me back on the hotline I don't have any New Year's revolu- resolutions this year because I never follow through with them so just decided to keep being me this year is there anything that you do that's old-fashioned um not really my friends used to slag me because i say mom and dad instead of manda but i think that's more of a respect thing have i ever had a chat with pico my dog that we got um during lockdown is actually called pico and pico has met pico um and the last thing we actually spoke about was day we won the league sorry the day after we won the league in the points pico introduced me to a little boy who was uh, who had a dog called pico as well um i think cape verde will do well at the african cup of nations i think they'll get out of groups and go from there um i'd like to see morocco win it favourite member to go on a point from the 80s four in a row team um, I'd have to go with Pat Bourne or Mick Bourne just because I've probably been in their company already two standout moments from this four in a row anytime we beat Boz is just outstanding and probably witnessing the four in a row with my dad we go to every game together and just he was the, f- the first thing he said when we won it was it's great to do it with you this time rather than on his own our transfer business so far we just announced our borns there would like to see a few more come in um bit of talk and mac and f coming back i'd like to see him back purely just for his song alone the game that jumped out at me when the fixtures were released galway away gold cup friday trains booked hotels booked should be a good day out. My season tickets in the South Sand has been since the first year of the South Sand. Um, grand little area that we have, perfect view, close to the car park, just a nice few people that sit around us and that, so it's grand. The new North Stand, quite happy what the club have done so far, family stand. Put all the skill boys up there, they can make as much noise as they want as far away from me. Um, 
shining their torches during the matches. Just think it's a bit silly now, but they can do that from the north stand, that's fine. Looking forward to the 1899 bar opening up, absolutely. Anyone who knows me and my family, we were there before it opened. We were the last person, last people there asked to leave, mostly last people there. Um, think getting Ray's Curry back is important. I think getting the staff in for interviews afterwards again, um, like the coaching staff, uh, having the bar, it just brings everyone together and stuff like that. So you can definitely tell the difference to when the bar wasn't there and when the bar is there. So Tifty's live show at the Civic Theatre. Unfortunately, I can't make it, but I've been to the smaller live shows. The first one back in Jolly Blue's bar. Everything is always so well put together. The guests are always brilliant. Um, and I know the lads are going to smash it, so best of luck. Have I ever been to any plays or musicals? Not really one for theatre. Do like a bit of stand-up comedy. Um, the best show I've ever seen. It's hard to tell. Last year I went to see Joanna Vogue. They were good. Something different. I have been on stage myself, unfortunately. Um, myself and Gary used to do our school plays every year in primary school. Don't really want to remember the next one, but I uh, attempted a world record of how many Frere Rochers I could get in my mouth at one time in a minute. Didn't look pretty and I didn't break the record, but it was all for charity, so. I can't do any impressions at all. Um, can't do any accents. They always end up sounding Jamaican, so wouldn't be the first person to call upon for an impression. I usually listen to the podcast um, coming and going from work or I also do a 6am shift and stick the earphones in and listen to it then before anyone comes in. Favourite two interviews since last year. Um, I love the In Memoriams. Um, my dad, obviously I have a special relationship with my dad, so I always like listening to them. They're a bit of a tearjerker. And I like the members' corner. I like hearing people's perspectives um, of why they joined and what they feel like they benefit from. Um, that's it. Thanks very much for having me on. How's it going, lads? Uh, thanks for having me on. It's David King here. Um, right, so I'll start. Yeah, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, no, because I always make up all of them by the second week of January, so... Um, I don't bother. Um, is there something that I still do that's old fashioned? I suppose, yeah, well, it's kind of around New Year's as well. Um, we always had a tradition uh, that we'd open the front door at 12 o'clock to let the old year out and the new year in. So that's something that came from my nanny. I don't know if it's a Wexford thing, that's where she's from, or, um, or if any other dubs do, I don't know, but that's something I still do. and my kids think I'm at the going round the twist. Um, have I ever had a chat with Pico? No, I haven't had a chat with Pico. Um, so, skip over that one. 
predict how Cape Verde will get on in the African Cup of Nations. For Pico, I'd I'd love it, love them to um, to go on and get out of the group. But I think Egypt, Ghana, they might be just too strong for them. Um, as long as he comes back without with an injury or carrying a knock or anything, um, then I'm I'm not too I'm not too worried. But yeah, I'd like to see them go on, but I don't think they I don't think they will. Unfortunately, this time around. Um, terms are going for a point with a member of the nineteen eighties four in a row. I think it'd have to be Pat Bourne, wouldn't it? I think. I think he's the standout. Or maybe Dermo Keeley. He's a bit of a mad fucker, and he used to, I used to have him as a teacher in uh, De La Salle, so in Georgetown there. So, um, yeah, either of them. Two standout moments. I think that the main standout moment for me is uh, Rory Gaffney's goal against Shelburne um, at home. That three-two. Uh, that was a great moment. They could feel the the pressure and the tension um, just release completely across the whole stadium. There was limbs everywhere. There was people jumping on top of each other. There was kids falling over. It was just it was just manic. It was for me that was the the one moment where that kind of release um, was felt. Didn't really feel that. Same feeling again. I don't think until Intercor this year, but um, yeah. So that Rory Gaffney goal for me is probably the the top one. Um, what's the next one there now? Which game jumped out immediately for you when the fixtures were released? I always look to the derby. I always look for the the home home against Bowes first, and then look away but uh, Galway away I think would be a great trip so I kind of had a, a zoom in on that as well um, I think I skipped one over one there about the transfer business I think we've been pretty shrewd in this transfer window to be fair um, you know we've got a couple of good signings I think it was really important to nail Marcus Pound back in and to get Trev um, signed up as well. So if if they can all be confirmed, you know, I think I don't think we're we're too far off then, where we need to be. Which stand in Tala? Well, this season, um, South Stand, um, previously being over in the main stand, um, what made me pick the South Stand? Well, he, I go to the games with my son, so he's. Been dying to get over to the south stand and to get involved with the singing and the chanting and the smoke. So he's um, that's where we're that's where we're heading uh, this season. And to be honest, some games I'd be sitting there in the west stand is far too quiet for me as well. So um, I say it's him, but it's it, it's both of us want to move over really. What can Rovers do as a club to get new fans? I I think yeah, it's all about getting out there into the community, becoming more visible. You know, getting some presence in and around the stadium. Like you could drive by the stadium, you know, and only if you if you catch a glimpse of the the shop, the Rover shop, you like you wouldn't have a clue who plays there or 
what it's used for is it a football stadium is it a gas stadium you know you wouldn't have it you wouldn't have a clue so I think getting out there getting you know that initiative that was done last season um getting kids in teams in uh free for certain games you know I think that even if you get like if you get 30 teams of, of young players in and three or four of them get the bug you know that's that's good so I think stuff like that but definitely more presence in the community more visibility in the community and um, I think we'd be looking good um, what's the next one there now what can Rovers do oh yeah we did that one are you looking forward to the return of the bar I think the bar is going to be great when it opens back up I think it can be used for lots of events you know like um, screenings uh, showing old games you know talks from old players managers um, from members and stuff be before the games or after the games um, I think it'd be really good I think the junior hoops might get some use out of it as well I don't know but I think that would be it would be good um, am I going to the Tifties live show at the Civic Theatre in Tally? yes I am uh, myself and the missus are going along um Looking forward to it. Should be a good night. A few beers and a bit of a bit of crack. So yeah, looking forward to that. And he plays musicals or stand up comedy in the last few years. Um, not really to be honest. The kids kids take over, you know. So I haven't really in the last few years. But I used to go to a lot of stand up gigs. Um, some plays here or there. Um. Best show I've ever seen. I think the best live stage performance I've ever seen is uh, was in the Gaiety. It was Band of Brothers. Don't know if any of you've seen it. it kind of has a little bit of a football team running through it. Um, bit set in Liverpool. Um, it's quality quality show. So if that's ever going around, I'd recommend you go and see that. Have I ever been on stage myself? I have actually. Yeah, uh, not for karaoke. That's my worst night nightmare. To be honest. I'd, I'd rather be shot with balls in my own shit than, than get up and perform and, and sing in front of people. Um, but yeah, as a kid, yeah, definitely skill play. I remember we did Juno and the Paycock, uh, Good Republican play in sixth class um, in the Good Shepherd there. And yeah, it was, um, it was called, we had to, you know, I was one of the, the main lads in that and... His name was Joxer. We had to pretend to be drunk for half of it, which, you know, as a 11, 12-year-old, was, was was a good bit of crack, all right. Who do I do? I don't do any impressions. I am terrible at them. Uh, terrible. So, yeah, we'll, we'll move swiftly on from that. When and where do you usually listen to an episode of Tifties? In the car. Um, in the car on the way to work. I have about half an hour drive um to work and then again home so i get a good bit of listening done um in the car and then the two favorites i suppose uh for me i love the irish ultra one uh the origin of the irish ultra that was class um gave a real insight into why the lads set it up and you know the hardship they had uh setting up at the start and how far it's come like it's 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 fantastic it was a great um different take on on um on fan culture that you know i thought was really good um 
So that one, and I suppose, let me see what other ones. Uh, the one on Bobby Best was fantastic. Um, it was really, really good. Um, I suppose those two, yeah, those two for me. Um, I love the Otter series as well. It's something different, you know. Um, not always with a football connection, but the last uh, you had the lads on about the. The, the football jerseys and and you know like that kind of niche stuff that's really really good as well. Um, I know he said only pick two, but I have to give a nod there to Harry as well. Um, he's top jaw for for a kid his age, isn't he? He's just brilliant. So um, hopefully more Harry. Uh, he's just growing in confidence as 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 the weeks go on. So fair play to him. Um, he's top jaw. So yeah, that's me, lads. Thanks very much and keep on hooping. So that was part two and Fikra, all the best in his lone move to uh, Melbourne victory. Swap deal, yeah. Swap deal. Uh, Glenn and Hannah, of course, the dynamic duo. Ryan McDyer. Um, strange fish, let's say. Uh, is that a strange fish, Joe? I'm sure he loved that description. Yeah, no, um, I know. I'm just trying to poke the bear here. <laughs> No, we were actually we're, we're big fans of Ryan McDyer yeah. and his his huge love for coefficients yeah. and many other things water such as polo. water polo. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a couple of Pigo connections here. Like you said, Kinger made the shirts and Karen Conley's dog is named Pigo. Yeah. So Pigo made Pigo. Um, yeah, so I'd like to throw out these stats uh, at the end because you had 10 callers, four of them. You'd never heard before on the podcast. Five of them were Hot Nine debutantes. Oh, debutantes. And we had three Duns, a Dennis, Donald, and a David. So there's my, there's my Hot Nine stats. Hannah did drama on stage. That could come in handy on Saturday, Gare. Uh, she said she doesn't like listening to herself, though. Um, I always find that interesting. People hate listening to their own voice. Although I did it first, the podcast. I hate my own voice, but... My wife will tell you that I yeah. love listening to my own voice and sound of my own voice. And she's correct. Um, <laughs> Gareth, tell us about the primary school plays with Karen. What did we do? I'm trying to think. Sixth class, we had a big... Oh, we fucking did. We had a Beatles one <laughs> in sixth class. Help. We saw, We all sang that. Help. Jesus, that's after flooding back to me now. Deimos. Deimos in, in walking center. Where are you? Upside the Ashleaf. Debatable. Perry's town, you could say. Um, she says there's VHS evidence. Oh, oh Jesus, there probably is. <laughs> there's VHS evidence of me and you in the fun factory the around fun here in Dunleary yeah. as well as my, like proper toddlers. My eighth birthday, that was. Yeah, um, yeah I was speaking to Ryan. I actually loved Ryan's anecdote of the kid who got a free ticket for that UCD game. Remember that? Remember that like thousand fans that came to the game? Like all the schoolboy and schoolgirls. Uh, I love that anecdote how one kid went to his first game as a result of the free ticket and now he's Robbers mad. More it, of those stories, please. It takes a certain type of character and individual to stick with it though, doesn't it? Because think about it, if it's new to you, so let's say 16 or 17 year old, they obviously already have hobbies, interests, family, friends, probably don't and aren't involved in Rovers because they're not, they don't have any affiliation with it already. It takes a certain character to kind of stick with it and introduce himself into this new big bad world of Rovers and go socially and go every week and really buy into it. When you think about it, it's a whole new world you're opening yourself up to. 
When you say character, though, you're talking about more of an older person. No, not even that. I'm talking about the... We're talking about kids, though. Well, I mean, what? But even that, as a as a kid, like that, like that as well, mm. it, like some kids have just got, I'm not bothered once. I went once and that was it. You know, it's 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 that type of personality that kind of, mm. I think persistence is the word as well. Um, yes, so a great hotline prof. Some really, really interesting points there. And... Um, a lot of them going to the live show as well, Prof. So, annual friendly in Luke and Saturday, the same day as the live show. So, 2 p.m. at Road Zone is what we're hearing. So, the day at a live show, Prof. What a bumper day for Rovers events. President's Cup final. St. Pat's is confirmed the 9th at 8 p.m. in Tala. And Sligo away is now March 9th, moved to the Saturday. Which yeah. was always going to be the case. They always play the home games on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I can confirm now. I can say this a hundred percent certainty. It will be a lot warmer in the Civic Theatre in Tala than it will be at Rosedone for that friendly. Hmm. If you've ever been to a friendly against Lugan at the start of the season, every season, every season January, you freeze your nuts off. Yeah, every time. Bitter, bitter, but it's always good. You'll see the likes of Dave Mooney, who'll be playing. Dave Mooney, former Rovers. So, um, potential interview for us. Potential actually. interview, yeah. yeah. So, Prof, one last plug for the show on Saturday. Aaron Green, John Cody, Hannah. You've got Harry. You've got all good people around you. All good hoops. A few points afterwards in Malloy's. And just a feel-good factor and show for a pre-season. Talking about the four in a row. Talking about the 80s. Talking about legendary stuff. And a visual feast from Philly Maguire. Mm. So... Well, that's um, the one thing we we've been doing the podcast for nearly seven years now, um, and we love thinking of new things to do, like where it be music or funny little intros or whatever. You are limited in this medium, but on on stage, there's no limits with visuals. Oh God! We're gonna what take, the we're fuck gonna, have we gotten ourselves into? We're gonna take advantage of this. Let's just put it that way. What? Oh. <laughs> Gary just texted me last night and I was like can you like I'm still laughing that we're doing a live show at, on stage I'm, I'm just looking around the prof's lair now and there's literally a he has books yeah a wall of books he also has a wall of Amazon packets unopened props unopened for a part of the show we'll say yes um the floor just, just is just get tickets for it trust me floor is just covered oh man yeah so we leave it at that we have a lot of tickets sold. Few left. Get the hottest ticket in town this weekend. It is the Tifties Live Show at the Civic. So, um, yeah, that is it, Prof, for this week. Um, we will see you in Talent in the Civic Theatre. So keep on hooping. Break a leg, girl.